instinct. The feeling. The force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the Imperial Senate podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby. And wow, we have reached the final episode in the Skywalker saga. The Rise of Skywalker was released last December, which is a weird thing to say right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> merely a, a few days ago, to be honest. But um, It's like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here. We, we got to the end of the, the saga again for the third time. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be the last. Um, but yeah, what a, what a crazy ride it's been. I remember when we we all watched that first teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. We saw Finn pop up out the sand. And then here we are. The, the credits clapped. Here we are. And we have completed another Star Wars trilogy. We deserve a badge. Um <laughs> and the water some sort but um yeah we're here and joining me on this journey as always is my two lovely co-hosts claire and nikki how are you guys hey hey <laughs> <laughs> oh doing just swimmingly man so good i mean it, it feels so strange like i remember we started this whole podcast with rogue one which at the time still felt like the beginning of this whole era. Mm. And we're here now at the end. I mean, it kind of was, right? Like, mm. It totally. We weren't yeah. that far in. Um, 2016, summer. Yeah, I remember because we, like, we had spoken for ages, me and Nikki at least, and we mm. finally got to meet at Celebration. And we watched The Force Awakens for like the, 
what the first time on the big screen since the cinema. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, yeah, it was weird. I just remember seeing that moment and everyone clapping at the whole, booing at Kylo and clapping at Ray, <laughs> grabbing the saber. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. been a journey, like um, for everyone, right? Like and everyone involved. It's been just this whirlwind since, I mean, since 2012, but like tangibly since it was like 2014 of those, you know, that first teaser and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird coming to an end. Um, and, and knowing that it'll be just kind of brand new things on the horizon. Yeah. The end of an era. It's like the phase mm-hmm. one of Disney star Wars. Um, for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end of an era for now. Never say never. <laughs> Definitely. It's true. I remember going, wow, Revenge of the Sith, what a great way to end the, the saga. This will never happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really the end, guys. Well, I mean, it's funny when you read a lot of, like, I don't remember where I saw it all, but a lot of clips of, like, um, articles were coming up from things people like uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Peter Mayhew, like all what they were saying post Return of the Jedi. And they all sounded like, a little bit jaded, <laughs> a little bit happy, a little yeah. bit happy to be done. And it's like, we're getting the exact same things from this cast. <laughs> and oh, absolutely. And I don't of blame course. them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's, it's a monster to even just be, you know, attached to. Um, and yeah. It's a monster to send out one yeah. tweet post Rise of Skywalker, let alone to be the face in right. the movie. I cannot imagine day to day how overwhelming it must be at yeah. every moment. Like, it's something that oh. I think a lot of um, fans, they want everybody to be a fan the same way. And just just doing yeah. it, just being in either a director, or writer, or an actor, just or even just on the set, just being a part of it, you will always have a different relationship to it different perspective on it so like yeah i mean you don't have to read into those comments as like oh god they hate star wars (laughs) but like they'll they'll always just see it differently and and again yeah we got who who knew we'd get anything close to what we got with uh the original trio's involvement in this trilogy so you know i wouldn't i wouldn't write it off forever i do love the interviews with like adam driver would you come back? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 to, to be fair, though, like everyone keeps saying that Adam Driver is the most least likeliest to, to come back, but I feel like he's a fan of the saga, and I feel like if they have the story for him, they would he would come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, look at Harrison Ford. We thought he'd never come back, and he came back twice. Mm. <laughs> right. He came back to this. He came back to Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just like with these movies and with the Skywalker story in general. Never say never. Never say never. <laughs> I know you're tired right now, but never think, say I never. I think my favorite one is the the Oscar Isaac Disney Plus response. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's the best. Oscar. Oscar. Oscar is so tired. Oh, he went. He went off the him. deep end, and it was awesome. Like, oh, yeah. 
especially <laughs> and John Baker as well, who bless him has to deal with a lot and the whole Disney Plus thing. He's like, you're not gonna Disney Plus me. You're gonna put me in a film, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. It's like <laughs> another part of that is we don't we don't get the the inside track on how contracts work. <laughs> So it's like, exactly, don't, don't yeah. just assume they hate everything because they don't want to be attached to a multi-season series or whatever. Um, did you so see? Yeah. Um, did you see what they said when they asked Oscar Isaac about Star Trek? No. It's like, would you would you be in Star Trek? It's like, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm a space slut. <laughs> space slut. <laughs> <laughs> That's like our tagline over here. John Boyega, come on the show with your fellow space oh. sluts. I mean, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, <laughs> I swear to God, has to listen to our podcast because everything he says is is us. He, like, he is a kindred us. spirit. Space, we are he. <laughs> Palpatine's balls. <laughs> <laughs> with a highlight. Can we can we start getting some shirts produced on this? We need space slut. We need Palpatine's balls. Oh, for sure. Yeah, let's let's put a let's put yeah. a bookmark on that. Twenty twenty goals. Get your space slut shirts. This was, this was the um, this was the <laughs> interview. You've done a Star Wars. Would you do a Star Trek, or are you a Star Wars loyalist? Uh. I'm done with Star Trek. You're done with Star Trek? Yeah. 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 When when it comes to space, I am the best slutty. Hey, JJ's done both. He must be a space slut as well, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. I'm by watching him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Legends. He's such a precious treat. He really is. (laughs) Hell yeah. He is. Well, why don't we just start off the episode by just dyke. Deep diving in head first. Um, throw away, throw away all you know, the drama. Throw away everything. Let's just get to the crux of it. Mm-hmm. Our, our thoughts right. on the film. So let's just you know, what do we think about the film, Nikki? I want you to go first. Ooh. All right. Um, I have. I don't remember the last time I've watched a movie where so many different conflicting feelings and ideas are all true. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it is one of the weirdest experiences I've had um, because certainly in like my first few viewings, I was like flopping back and forth. I was like, did I like that? Did I not like it? Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know yet. And it was just shifting like all over the place. Um, and I think like there are things I really I'm not into um, just a few story choices, a few just sort of like characterizations. Um, but then there are things that I really like and like landed very strongly for me. Um, and I think like, again, like whenever I read someone's criticisms or hear people saying, Oh, well, this was not great or whatever. I'm pretty much nodding along and agreeing but at the same time, I have that just stupid kid inside of me who's like, I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. Like all, yeah, like all of the all of the criticism. Like, yeah, sure, I agree. Um, or I won't say all of it, a good chunk of it. Um, and then, but then, yeah, at the same time, I was like, I was feeling the Star Wars magic with it. Um, so. 
in general, do I like it? Yes. Um, if I had to like throw it in the rankings, it'd probably sort of land somewhere in the middle. Um, but but yeah, I think overall, I'm I'm feeling positive about this movie. I've seen it nine times now. Um, <laughs> Dang. Nine times, nine for nine, and um, l- most recently last night, and I was I was still having a good time with it. So I think it's it's proof for me personally that I can find take issue with things, um, love things, and mix it all together and still come out feeling great about a movie. Interesting. I think it's a really cool way we've done this, actually, because we've got Nikki, who's seen it nine times, and we'll go down, viewing-wise. Claire, you're next. You saw it twice, right? Yes. So, I saw it on opening night, very first showing, and um, I had a lot of um, conflicting emotions about it as well. I have... um, yeah, so I had I had a lot of issues with certain choices that were made, um, for sure. That made like one of which we'll definitely discuss in a bit made me um made a, a woman with her son scold me with her eyes when I um I think the actual phrasing muttered under my breath was you have got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> um and yeah, I got I got eye scolded. It was pretty awkward. Um <laughs> um but yeah, while I don't agree with a lot of the choices, um, I walked out of the theater the first time being like, it was f- it was fine. I felt more mad. And I, I will admit that I don't think I walked into my first viewing of the movie um, with the right mindset. I took a lot of – I didn't sit there and I should have just let the story and what was happening wash over me. But I feel like I took a lot of my own real world – opinions and baggage mm-hmm. into it with me which may have affected my first viewing experience um and so i i wanted to sit on it for a while and process my thoughts about it and then i finally went to go see it again today and i'm glad that i took that time because i was able to sit down and watch it and enjoy it for what it is is it my favorite star wars movie no it's probably my least favorite Star Wars movie in the sequel trilogy. I will say that. But I enjoyed a lot about it. There were a lot of really great things about this movie. Um, fantastic new characters. Um, and a lot of just little things that just make your heart flutter, you know, in the classic Star Wars way. But um but yeah, there were a few things um, that I still, on second viewing, I, I've got some issues. I got some, I need to, I am excited that I finally get my therapy <laughs> vent session about this movie because I, it's not that I hated it. I did not. I, I enjoyed it. But there's some things I, I need to deal with. I need to mm-hmm. work on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's my general take on it. It's interesting. Yeah. No, it's just, Yeah. I felt the same way where I came out the viewing. I watched it on midnight so the day before you guys. And my first thought, and I, I, I immediately grabbed my phone, found the, um, the image I wanted to use, posted it. And everyone who 
Like everyone's like, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? Which is like, I just put a picture of Harrison Ford from um, or Han Solo from Episode Seven, where he goes, which is compressor. I bypassed the compressor. Um, I bypassed a lot of things <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I. It was interesting. I came out of uh, when the credits were on. I looked up to my both of my friends, one of whom was crying, so I knew that he liked it. <laughs> and the other one, I was like, um, who I don't think is as deep a Star Wars fan, but loves Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting him to be like, I didn't like that. And then I was like, Oh, you didn't like it, did you? And he was like, No, I really like, I really liked it. And then I turned to my friend and he's like, yeah, I loved it. And they were t- both talking like, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Much better. And I was like, I don't know. What? And, they were, and they were like, they looked at me like, oh, he, he, here's Charlie going to go into big details about how much. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like staring at the floor like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then the more I thought what about do with it. with my hands. I was <laughs> 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 strangling them. Um, um, and I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. And I'm I was due to write a review for um But Why Do Podcast, which check them out, they're great. And I was gonna do it the next day. Because obviously when you come out the cinema it's about what, like four o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Or no, it was like three o'clock in the morning, sorry. I stayed up to like six thirty in the morning writing this review. <laughs> because I will I had- say this, Charlie. Okay. Um we have this fun little thing called mass shootings where we don't have midnight showings anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh. So you are going to your literal midnight showing while we're at like 6 p.m. in the theater. <laughs> so I'm like just staring, like crying, like I'm so tired. As I get to um, bed at a normal human hour after seeing the opening night. <laughs> while I'm typing away like a madman. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to just write my opinions. I had to, it was easy to write it down because when you write stuff down. You can process it a bit easier. Definitely. So as I was writing pros and cons, crossing things out, thinking more analytically about it. And the more analytically I thought about it, the more I felt good about the film. Um, I recommend checking out my own review. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Plug. Um, Yeah, I called it um, a mess, but over like a a, Rise of Skywalker was a mess, but a satisfying mess. Mm-hmm. It was a hot it has, mess. It has problems. So mainly, honestly, in my opinion, mainly the problems are uh, in the editing bay. Mm-hmm. Um, some script problems, obviously, but mainly, my biggest issue was the pacing of the film. I, I, I was concerned someone sat on like the remote. Now, like sometimes when you listen to a podcast and you accidentally sit on your phone and it get it goes on one point five speed. <laughs> The first 15 minutes of this film, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Even the crawl was, like, scarily fast. I don't know yeah, if there's anyone else No, yeah, that. I know what you mean. Like, I think <laughs> even my most, like, recent viewings, I was like, wait, I, I already read it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, right at the end, what? It's gone. <laughs> Where's it going? <laughs> growing up in my brain, I, was, I always joked about, like, oh, it's going too fast. I hope I can read it all. Where in this film, I was like, fucking hell, but slow down. Like, I need yeah. to read this dialogue. You're telling me the Emperor's back first thing. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a few seconds at least. <laughs> yeah, so once the crawl was going at that speed, I was like, Jesus Christ, they must be in a rush for this film. 
And the first 15 minutes was like, snap, 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 snap. snap. Not like Greg Gromberg, but snap, snap, snap. snap. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> in the arms of an I also love how his stepdad is in the bow. He isn't concerned. His son has just died. Oops. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, that's funny. Um, uh, yeah, I just... It, it was an interesting experience. I feel like... So for me, when I came out of the film, I spoke to a few people. I spoke to Seth, who obviously saw it before in New Zealand. A few Australians put some stuff out. Um... But overall, the feeling I got from the film was positive, and I expected there to be some negativity. But <sighs> that day was like, and I felt like Padme in the temple, uh, in in you know in the balcony scene in episode three, mm-hmm. where like I was waiting for reviews to drop in, and I was like like patiently like standing around, and as soon as I was reading some of the comments, I started like crying, <laughs> seeing the temple burning. I was like, oh yeah. It was so peaceful before the Americans got to see it. Yeah, we ruined everything. (laughs) Yeah, you ruined it all. I was like, Jesus Christ, come on. I will say, like, no matter how negative some of my opinions on this movie are, like, no matter how much I'm just kind of meh on this movie, I'm trying to stay positive and, like... And I want to discuss it with people. That's part of the thing is I I wish that I would have been able to discuss it online and I just am not. Just because every time I see a Star Wars post, it feels like everybody else jumps on it. Like the the trolls, like vultures, they're coming in and picking the bones off of what was a fun online fandom, (laughs) which right Mm. now is a rotting corpse on the internet. So, yeah, it's like Jakku. Yeah, it's it's kind of rough out there, guys. So join our Discord. How about that? Hey. If you want like a fun place to like critique things without people being assholes, it's been pretty great on there. Yeah, we like to joke around. We might not have the same opinion, but we do respect you <laughs> on our Discord. We won't like abandon you or <laughs> kick you out or threaten to kill JJ Abrams. No, we won't do that. Being being away from the sort of general Twitter discourse of the movie has been one of the most liberating like experiences of my life. <laughs> like it's been I will just I will just say something and then leave Twitter. And <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And like That's again beautiful. And if you're if you're a listener and you haven't like and you might be the I won't say who I muted, <laughs> but I went around and I I muted people who were just sort of having moments. And like, it's not a it's not from a place of like, oh, shut up, you idiot, you don't know. Like, I understood that they were probably just going through some stuff and they needed to vent that out, and that's totally cool. I just didn't need to see it. So, I'm looking forward to unmuting people. <laughs> In maybe yeah. a year, a year or two. <laughs> a year or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it was so rough, so rough online, and like, um, a lot of people just coming out with bad looks. Um, sort of things got a little hypocritical, so to say. Yeah. Um, and like, and this treating treating a movie that you maybe didn't have a positive reaction to. Um, the same way that 
probably people you were mocking a month or, a month ago were treating another movie. So exactly. Yeah. Disagree yeah, respectfully, like a, people. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a this isn't a dig at any group or any because it's a lot. It's different people from different backgrounds, age, gender, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired of the whole grouping people as one. Like whatever. You don't have to be part of a group to not be a dick. Like just think about what you're saying. I guess mm-hmm. like like for example. Don't be racist is a big one. And I know this is a really stupid thing to say, but like I've seen it a lot this week. I have seen it. And it's disgusting. And don't do that. Um, also, don't be sexist towards people for having opinions that maybe didn't like the film. It's their opinion. Leave them alone. Um, just, you know, don't be an arsehole. Simple as that. Quite literally, just a Very simple. Very controversial opinion. But my um, superior opinion. <laughs> but that being said, anyone who disagrees with me, fuck <laughs> off and die. <laughs> Make like Kylo and disappear. It was a bit like um, when I went to the when I went to the cinema. It was a bit like me going to the future and Back to the Future, and then when I came back, it was the Biff timeline. <laughs> <laughs> like everything was sort of similar, but not, not quite. quite right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, if you, what would you rank the Whoa. film out of ten? Because I, in my review, I gave it seven out of ten. I've only seen the film once, by the way, everyone. Um. So I haven't given it my second viewing, which is usually when I give my fan opinion, mm-hmm. my fan rating. So this is my critical opinion was seven out of ten. Uh, Nikki. Um. I would probably say the same, except okay. if one piece. I don't know how much we want to start actually going details, but I'll just say one. Sure. If, no. No. Go ahead. I'll say if Ray wasn't a Palpatine, it'd probably yeah. be an eight. Okay. Um, big big problems in sector three point Palpatine <laughs> for me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that was kind of my biggest thing. I was like, there's there are large chunks of this movie that I actually love, and even though even though the pace is fucking whack for the, like, so the first forty minutes, I I love that part of the story, like the adventure, the sort of hunting for clues. Um, like, I love that as that is. But then as soon as it gets into, like, I didn't lie to you, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, you're, yeah, but you're a Palpatine. And, like, I feel... And there are things, again, we can go into detail later, where it's, like, I almost think the same exact story even just works better if yep. she's not a Palpatine. Um so that's another like frustration for me. But yeah, if if you were to sort of wipe the slate clean of that, my um my opinion of it would have gone up an, a a letter grade to say, just so to speak. I would uh They'd be I, afraid. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> give it a six and a half, six point seven five. Mm-hmm. I can't quite give it a seven. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's just there's a, a few things that were so clunky, and oh, this is gonna sound terrible. This is gonna sound really bad coming out of my mouth, but I feel my one of my biggest issues with this film is I feel like they looked at the Last Jedi criticisms on Twitter, and they made the movie based on those. 
like based and not just last Jedi, but force awakens criticisms as well. I feel like, mm-hmm. feel like we, like we have Ray hasn't even been trained. Okay. Let's give her a big training montage right in the beginning. Um, you get, um, Rose Tico's worst character ever minute and 12 seconds of screen time. You get, well, she's got to be somebody make her somebody. Um, I feel like, and, and I don't, want to sound like one of those people like I just that's I'm sure it's not the case but it just feels like this was because of the they wanted to make a movie that people would like and I am not maybe that target market I don't well, I think I think you hit it on the head you hit it on the head also where like the thing I always keep going to is this movie is cheese pizza. It is cheese pizza. And when you when you try to make everyone happy, you kind of mm-hmm. can't. And so like the only topping anyone can agree on is no topping. Yes. <laughs> um so I think I think you're right, like at all those at each of those points. Even for me, it extends to Why'd they blow up the Hosnian system? We don't care about the Hosnian system. Okay, blow up a planet you literally yes, just saw. Yeah, blow up a planet we sort of care about um, now. <laughs> right. So, like, I I think you're right in that respect. I don't think it came from, like, a nefarious no, place to be like, oh, we must we must go back and correct. Um, but I think, I think there had to be some of that um, calculus of, like, well, let's just – Let's just kind of try and make everyone feel good about this one, which which inevitably sort of makes no one feel exactly. Great. You know, it's there's a lot of things about it that that, and I and I I sound so negative, but I really did. It it was cheese pizza. Every now and then, a slice of cheese pizza is so freaking good. You know. Every right. now and then, it just not a knock on cheese pizza. <laughs> I'm not here to knock on cheese pizza. Pizza yeah. as a food form is great. Every now and then, you can't <laughs> eat pizza every day. Um, but then again, you can't eat foie gras every day either. So it's like, um, mm. but yeah, it's just I would prefer a more complex dish like the Last Jedi. That will that'll still be my favorite of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um. I know. You snob. I a handcrafted lasagna, so to speak. That's right. That's right. I demand <laughs> that my pasta is made from scratch by an Italian grandmother. Every single thing. No, exactly. It just it tastes better the other way. My name is Araya Johnson. <laughs> my name is Araya Johnson. Then make it the lasagna from scratch. <laughs> Look, let me just say, say we're all hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look, we're all just hungry, and we're thinking. Yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, like, I only like cheese pizza. (laughs) That's because you don't like to eat anything, Charlie. (laughs) That got really quiet, real quick. My opinion. My opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, everyone's opinion matters. Cheese pizza is good. We can agree, cheese pizza is good. I I love a good cheese pizza, but yeah, it's like it's like when you're. When you're billing this as the, you know, the the story to end the story. Yes. Like, and and can it? we also, um, <laughs> on the subject of things that this movie was billed at as that I don't think it really delivered. 
Um, it was billed as the way to end three trilogies and that it would pay homage to all three trilogies, but I feel like it pretty much ignored one of them. <laughs> Even musically, they mentioned that... Hey, we put we put, uh, we put Liam Neeson in the movie like, for you. <laughs> okay, I, I, dis- I disagree. Yeah, like I feel like there should have been more um, prequel stuff in there. I would have loved to have seen Anakin physically, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of like weird prequel stuff in the film, which I was like... like there's a moment in the film which literally just lifts a, a bit of Epi- Attack of the Clones' score. <laughs> yes. Poe and, Poe and uh, Zori, right? Yeah. They're talking and yeah. it's the, oh it's the mystery God. theme from Attack mm-hmm. of the Clones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I was like, what the fuck is John Williams doing? I love it. I, like, I was like, I love this so much. Well, I was like, he was working cool. at the bar in Kajimi. Oh, that's see? right. I love oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Such a good cameo. Uh, but yeah, there was a few there was a few bits which I just loved, like the, the battle droid in the background I thought was pretty cool. The prequel music, like I it gave me goosebumps. Um Palpatine in general, we can get onto that in a minute, but the whole Palpatine thing linked to Revenge of the Sith. I know people didn't like it, but I actually personally did. And it kind of link it it links into the thing George was doing without explicitly like having to detail it out, which I kind of like still because it's not really giving you the answers. Um, I don't think. I know that's a con- uh, controversial I will say opinion, that I but disagree. Yeah. I don't think that it. I don't think that that really referenced the. I feel like it was all. It was a lot of the Palpatine stuff. Was more original trilogy referency to me but he lifts the, the he yeah. lifts the line out of episode three though which um the ultimate that's what i mean sorry. Card line yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i'm like it's fine oh yeah now i'm that, down that, that, that does it that does it for me I, I, I don't know what people expected him to go well first of all my men had a giant blanket at the end of the Death Star oh. caught me. I was shut already. <laughs> I escaped. And then I don't I want to, to... I like not knowing the story, I and I like <laughs> that we could potentially get that story later, but I'm okay not knowing that story now, um, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not just talking about Palpatine stuff, though, in general. I feel like it wasn't a lot of prequel. I feel like they no, you're, really... Yeah, you're valid played up though you're gonna get prequel shit and then you did no, they did. <laughs> i was expecting more um just yeah like iconography um there is a there is a really interesting bit of iconography that's not explicit and i absolutely believe that jj abrams and chris yeah. Terrio didn't think about it for a fucking second <laughs> but for me personally i actually really fucking digged it and i know people don't like this but I do like the idea that Ray and Ben are both descendants of Naboo, and like the first planet we basically like see is Naboo in Episode One, mm-hmm. and it like coming to a site. Like I just like the the the, the metaphor, like the, the, how it connects and stuff. I know it's a really pointless thing, but I actually enjoyed that. Um, and I also like the idea of like Leia teaching Ray, knowing this, and knowing that she's been through this herself, where she, you know has a descend like you know like the family connections there but also the the whole oh definitely you you aren't who your family are mm-hmm. which i thought was really interesting it links a lot into bloodline and what i loved about bloodline um 
So yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with all that for sure. And I think that's why in a, there is a, there is a timeline of, you know, a a separate reality (laughs) where, (laughs) where Ray Palpatine Mm -hmm. works really well. Um, But I think it's, it was one of those things where it's like, you already, it's like you already made your bed. You got to, Lying it now, like you can't, you can't go back on that. I think that's like the biggest thing for me is how much of it felt like going back on the very yeah. bold uh, revelation of Last Jedi, and sort of that thematic meaning of you know like you don't need to have that bloodline to um, be important. And like the thing that irritates me about it is I love the dyad concept concept of the movie. Um, between her and and uh, Kylo, and what frustrates me is the dyad is separate from the Palpatine issue, right? Like they're not a dyad because she's a Palpatine, because Palpatine doesn't even know that they exist in that way. Um, so like that's <laughs> he's like he's like oh shit, right. you're a dyad, cool. So like it's like I love that concept, and that's why I feel like you can still roll with this story, but you didn't have to make this really dumb step to a like yeah like claire said it feels like appeasing the people who have been complaining for one movie is not gonna get them back on board with the whole sequel trilogy this movie's not gonna do it for a lot of those people Mm -hmm. it's like how about you read (laughs) like we'll say this is what they did but like how about you read the things yeah. from the people who that have gone to see it nine times. <laughs> like, why don't, what if what if radical, radical idea? Maybe the people who are expressing positivity to you. What if you continue to make them feel good? <laughs> I do, I definitely think there's an interesting question and debate to be asked about audience expectations versus cinema, like what the studio should be held to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think Ryan Johnson did a really good job at giving something the audience not might not necessarily have wanted but needed yeah um but at the same time i feel like yeah i feel like jj abrams didn't do it i don't think he did it to be like okay we need to get these people back i feel like he was just like i need, i want to please as much as many people as possible right jj's made his career off he, of making people happy yeah like that's i mean look at the force awakens yeah. even that does the exact same thing where it's like i don't think he hates the prequels as much as he did but yeah. at the same time, there's still that dialogue. Like this will begin to make Very things right. Like, okay, whatever. Um, I feel like my biggest my my biggest issue is that like between the whole debate whether the last Jedi or Episode <laughs> is better, does the last Jedi have N one star? Oh my god! Oh no! So therefore, I think Episode Nine has to take it. QED. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool. I didn't notice that until someone posted that on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, so yeah." There's, there's going to be so many Easter eggs in that fleet. I've yet to see them with my own eyes, like watching it. Um, but yeah, I that's going to be fun to dig into. the The weirdest thing I've seen by myself in that the fleet shots is the uh, the like Fang Mandalorian starfighter. I caught the ghost. Yeah. Um, that's so, about yeah, it. That was pretty cool. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old, uh, good old I think ghosty. so. It might have made an appearance. The Falcon was there, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Can we talk about that fleet moment? Mm-hmm. What were your opinions on the fleet moment? The good fleet? Yeah. Um, 
I really like it. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I be feel like, like now we I shouldn't have gotten seen that it. trailer shot. I seen though. it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I don't. My I don't issue know what isn't that was. necessarily. My issue isn't with the. I don't think they should have shown that in the trailer. But also, my issue is the um. And usually, I don't get into this around Star Wars because usually, like, I don't mind it as much. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a this is a, this is sort of an idea of too much is too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just just the scale of the fleets themselves, like the Imperial, the the, the Sith fleet. Yeah, he's like there are a billion ships <laughs> with twenty million thousand billion people on it. Mm-hmm. Like, where do they come from? I don't know. Um, and then the, the like the the good fleet, like how. Where do those ships come from? Yeah, they're just people. I know they're supposed to be like people with. I know they're just people, people but like MC seventy five. People uh, don't. Calamari people friends. don't give a shit about Leia. But <laughs> yeah, Lando, gotta, I do like the, Lando on their backyard. We're gonna respond to that one. Oh my god! Well, that, they're always ex. They're always exes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Hello. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that was one of my issues with the film. It's just like the, the scale of it all is a bit off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I I don't have an issue with Stark at the base mm-hmm. because it felt like a natural progression. But then in episode eight, in the Last Jedi, they had the uh, the Death Star gun. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, uh, maybe that's going a bit too far. And then they did the same in this film, where it's like. And now that gun is on every ship, and guess what? It can blow up planets. It's like, well, where's the <laughs> where's the scale? You just give up, wouldn't you? You'd be like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Once you've built that, someone else is going to build it shortly. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just one of those small things that bother me. I feel like what Episode Nine does really well, and I don't think it's I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing, but not completely bad. And I think the prequels do this a lot as well, which is that it opens up a lot of interesting doors, which can be explored in other media. Mm-hmm. Like, you could argue that Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones have problems, which ended yeah. up with, which like gave us the Clone Wars, which is a bad thing turned good. Which I'm not defending the bad decision of said film nor am I defending some of the bad writing decisions of this film. But I feel like it opens up a lot of interesting um, story developments that could be taught in other media. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the Force Ghost stuff. Yeah. Uh, I w- which intrigued me a lot. I will right? say, like, much like the prequel trilogy as yeah. well, you know that the story's going to have a happy ending. It's Star Wars. Or, well, in the prequel trilogy, you know where it's ending up. In this trilogy, you know where it's ending up. Good guys are gonna. Mm-hmm. That's just the story of Star Wars. Like it's not gonna end tragically. It's it's Disney Star Wars. Um, but well, Julio, depending on the so one right. character you're hinging all your hopes on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Julio deserved better. Win the war. Uh, <laughs> deserved better. Oh God, Julio writes. Also- it also, was, shout it out really to Julia for <laughs> Big Mark Hamill's best performance. In oh, the film. it was. It really was. It's so sad. It's so true, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, lo- 
I love Luke, and I uh, actually I don't I don't mind the Luke scene. There's only one thing. Like, okay, I can accept a lot of stuff. I'm pretty positive on some stuff. I try to process it through my brain. The Luke scene was fine. The Force Ghost effect was terrible. Um, oh, let's just get that one out thing, of the way. Though, people need to stop sharing that oversaturated photo. That is not at all the <laughs> same tone that it is in the movie. I know. Oh, uh, that's one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like in the film, it's terrible. It's very blue. <laughs> it's it, it's ridiculous. Um, and second of all, the X-wing scene is the only scene in the film where I rolled my eyes. When they lift the X-Wing out of the water with the Yoda theme playing underneath it? It's so fucking terrible. Aww. You like that scene? I actually did. And and the only reason I like it is because I love the idea of, you know, it's it's just one of those little things that was just like, oh, yeah, that's a scene that makes me feel good. And that's why I liked it. It's also a full circle for Luke. Is it yes, though? Yeah. He's the one lifting it out of the swamp. I don't know. I don't like. This is what I don't like about it because in episode five, the whole point of the scene is that Yoda is teaching him that, um, like he has to open his mind that the rock is as the as, as the same as the X wing, and that by lifting it, he's showing him that he has to believe. Whereas in this film, it's like it, it's not that. Like we know Luke can do that. We know Luke can lift stuff. So what is the? There's no benefit to it except from being like, "Do you remember the scene? This was good, wasn't it?" I s- it looked like Ray had just. It looked like Ray was in a game show. She's just won an X wing. <laughs> I still think you won a shitty water X wing. I still think there's there's a feeling of resolution with it, and he he is he is fully the master now, and he's the one showing her. But he was on Cray. He projected himself. <laughs> She, we saw she that. also didn't see that. Oh yeah, to be fair, she was busy lifting some rocks. <laughs> she was lifting rocks. <laughs> she knew that he could. She could feel that he was doing that. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's just. I don't know. Maybe if I see it again, I'll, I'll be less cynical. But that was the scene where I actually genuinely rubbed my eyes, and I was like, "Oh, I can't." The only thing that bugs me about that scene is it is actually probably the only genuine retcon because Luke was supposed to have used the X-Wing wing for his door. Okay. Oh. So Pablo Hidalgo cleared this up. Okay. Was there a spare ass foil around? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just saying it's like it's like a tiny part of the ship. He was like this, this is he pointed it out he took a picture of the the X-Wing uh-huh. from A New Hope and was like this is this is the size of <laughs> of the of the, S, of the door. It, it's not a problem. I see. And people like people like okay. Pablo hath spoken. <laughs> Pablo is dropping nuggets for his ivory tower following. <laughs> <laughs> for his select few. Hell yeah, baby. But yeah, I I I, I didn't I didn't even remember that <laughs> it was part of the door. I didn't, I didn't remember it in the movie, like in first viewing, but uh. When it got pointed out, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, people who haven't read the fucking visual dictionary, it's not really a big right, deal. Right, right. Um, yeah. I just... Yeah. Like, I liked, I liked Ray having the X-Wing because it, like, her flying it and everything was... I loved that. I loved that she got to put the helmet on. It was like a nice little nod to episode seven where she's wearing the helmet mm-hmm. as a nobody. I loved that. 
It was cool to see her wear it as a somebody for sure. Exactly, yeah. And it was cool when Finn was like, Red Five. I was like, fuck yeah. Red Five in the air, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think another thing for what the- What did we think about? Or I was just going to say for oh, the acting really quick. Um, I think it was it was one of those things where when you see it in Last Jedi for the first time, it sort of feels a little bit like Chekhov's X-Wing. And like you're expecting it to come out of the water. And like yeah. The Last Jedi again- Sort of, um, in it, it, the favorite word, of course, is it subverts that and like doesn't give that to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas then this this movie sort of did fulfill that Chekhov's um, X wing, which goes back to the cheese pizza a little bit. <laughs> You're a margarita, <laughs> which is glorified cheese pizza. Controversial opinion. Hey. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think about the characterizations of the f- of the main trio in this film? Uh, should we pick one character first? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we'd just go in order: Ray, Raymundo, Ray Finn Poe, Ray Finn Poe. Um, does anyone want to start with my my personal ship? It's the threesome. The three the threesome is yeah solid triad. What's what's better than a dyad? Yeah. A triad, <laughs> <laughs> like one that doesn't involve Ben Solo. Ray, can <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine the energy <laughs> that Oscar's butt would give Palpatine? Dude, dude, he'd be like good lord, he'd be like Phantom Menace level Palpatine. Are we gonna dig into Palpatine later? We can do it now if you want. No, we don't have we, to. But we, I just okay. wanted to. We'll do the I just want to definitely mention something <laughs> before we. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, let's do the trio first. Okay. Uh, should we go, just go in order? Sure. Or? Yeah. Okay. Ray. Sure. Right. What do we think about Ray? I like Ray in this movie. I think this was a great movie for Ray. This was also like super Daisy. <laughs> like she. Again, it's it's one of a little bit of like the Amelia Clark season eight effect of where you're like, ooh, I really don't like what's happening, but damn, she's trying to to sell this to me. Um and I think Daisy yeah. did uh that as well with the things I didn't like about what they what they chose for Ray. Um but I thought she was I thought Ray was very strong in this movie. And part of like what part of my like reconciliation for how I feel like it may have undercut The Last Jedi a bit is I don't think she stays as sort of centered in this movie without that sort of identity trip she goes on in episode eight. Um, Because Mm -hmm. she, through this movie, she goes through some shit, as we all know. And she still maintains all, like nobody makes choices for her. Like she, she, when she picks a decision, she goes for it. And like, it's that agency that I don't think she ever loses throughout the whole movie, which I think is actually quite impressive to have, to have done. Like every, everything she does is her choice. And I really like that. Yeah. She's very much in control. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah. I ver- truly. In control. I specifically like the, the sort of progression that she goes on, like Luke, Whereas the journey in episode eight, where it's a bit darker and she has to you know, learn a few, a few truths, um, I feel like sustains her through this movie and we see a calmer, more positive Ray. Um, 
more confident in herself, which I always appreciate. And I just love Daisy's... I don't know if it's like a Daisy and JJ thing, but the kindness that comes across on her character in this film. Mm-hmm. Like yes. with Dio, with the snake. Squeaky wheel. Ben. Especially on Pasana when they're with a little girl. Yes, there's such a... Yes, girl. It's emanating of her. Like you just you can't help but just wanna you know, you feel drawn to her character. And I feel like that composed next to the the reveal was very interesting and actually something I really enjoyed because it does prove the point in my opinion, Ryan's point, which was um to the extent she is nobody in in regards to the and what I think what the dark side was telling her in the cave in episode eight, which is that you don't need to worry about your parents. The audience might worry about it. The directors might worry about it. The writers might worry about mm. it. You can be told it. it doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day. The only thing that's important is Ray herself and the choices that she makes, not the choices that other people make. Like you said, Nikki, it's it's what she does. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, in this film, despite the reveals, despite whatever, she picks her own destiny. She picks the side. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I've really... Because I, I watched episode 8 after watching episode 9, and I really... There are some moments in episode 8 which I like even more now because of episode mm-hmm. 9. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I think the things it builds off of 8, it does really successfully. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but then there are, of course, just little moments where it's like, oh, that seems like a walk back. But yeah, no, the things, the things they do really cool, even down to, um, I remember someone being like, wow, that was really crazy when he like grabs the beads from her and you're like, whoa, what an escalation. But then it's like, remember the, him wiping the water off his face in episode eight. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's like, that was sort of hinted there too. And I thought that was a cool way to, to escalate that idea. Yeah. JJ seemed to have a lot of fun with that whole sequence and the elements that Ryan introduced. Mm-hmm. And I think he was very like happy with the stuff that Okay, let's just get that out of the way. I don't think JJ hates Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I don't think Ryan I don't think Ryan Johnson hates JJ Abrams. They had a they had a um they had like a, a childish rivalry in terms of like friends from the beginning. Mm. People forget that Ryan Johnson I don't know if people remember that that JJ Abrams sketched his name on the Millennium Falcon set oh yeah he put jj and then ryan, and then yeah. ryan johnson crossed out the the j and put an r yeah. <laughs> like i love those two like i think there's like a cool back and forth between the ideas and you know what they might not be the same they might not agree with everything but i like when they utilize each other's ideas there's a lot of stuff in the last Jedi which i think improves episode seven and vice versa and i think it's the same with this one mm-hmm. do you think about um Finn's journey in this film, Claire. Um, oh, Finn, 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 Finn. I think that this is probably his Finn, like Finn's, John Boyega's best movie for me. Mm-hmm. I think that he did a fantastic job acting in this movie. I love seeing the transition from Finn. Identity crisis, Finn not knowing, just wanting to run away and get away from his past, but now knowing who he is and what he wants to fight for and what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, I think that he was awesome in this movie and John Boyega was a leader. Um, he was his own personality and charm and goofiness came through in this movie. Like it just was so John Boyega. He 
put himself in Finn in this movie. And it was really nice to see because I like John Boyega as a human being. So I liked seeing his humor and his goofiness um, in the character more so than in the other films. Um, I like that we're getting the Force-sensitive stuff explored because I've been yelling about it on the internet since Force Awakens when he heard Hosnian Prime blow up before he saw it. Um, I like that there's that additional bond between the two of them, Ray and Finn. And um, yeah, there's a, I, I enjoyed him in this movie. I wish that he had said what he was going to say so that I could be less of like an angry bitch about it <laughs> internally. <laughs> um, so I guess – you guys, I'll have you guys talk about what you feel about Finn, but also I'll have I'll ask the question: what you feel about John Boyega's statement that on um, what he says Finn was going <laughs> to say online. I wanted him to one. I wanted Finn to be trying to tell Ray that he was in love with Poe. I got a I got a crush on him. <laughs> he won't return my phone calls. He's right there. Um. Yeah, did you enjoy that nicking? Yeah, I think I think John Boyega was wonderful, and I think it's a very action-packed, um, Finn, like sort of storyline and what he goes through, and and that's all very good. Um, for me, I think he was still a little. I don't really know a better way to say this. I'm going to say it in like the most aggressively awful way. He just still seemed kind of like Ray's bitch in this movie. Like he's still so obsessed with it. Um, and yeah. I would have liked that to have been a jump off of his his Last Jedi sort of arc, where where it's not all about you know this one person or whatever. And I would have like I would have liked a scene where something like um. Like Ray, Ray like explains to him that like she has to do something alone, and and he accepts that. Like to me, that's that's progression. Um, where when you, because like basically, yeah, his first two movies, like he only goes to Starkiller Base to save Ray. Um, and you know, like Han's like, "What the galaxy's counting on us," and and then he only wants to save, he only wants to save the fleet, really, so Ray doesn't show up or whatever to, into danger. And so I would have liked him to be a little more in like accept that independence. I felt like he was still too dependent on like chasing after her um, throughout this movie. So that's really kind of my only Finn critique. Um, but I do, I've, I've, John Boyg has never let me down this whole trilogy. I've always enjoyed Finn. Um, so it's, yeah. that's really my only thing with how I felt about him. I thought he was awesome, especially. I love the line when he goes, um, they've taken enough of us. Like it's time we take the war to them. Like, I love the way he delivers that. Um, and he just, he feels like he's very much like in his peak moment. Definitely. But yeah. I will say the thing oh, that would make sense for me, um, which I'm still going to hold in my head canon. I don't care. Is that, is that I think that Finn on some level is in love with Ray. That's mm -hmm. just been my thought. 
I think John Boyega thinks that. <laughs> well, he says that he was going to say he was force sensitive, not that he was going to tell mm-hmm. her he loves her, which I thought was like, I I don't know if I personally think everyone in the writing room may have agreed with that because your entire arc over three trilogies is loving her and wanting to get back to her and wanting her to, you know, grow and succeed. And just that's – I just i am very confused by by that And he definitely statement. has thoughts about the kiss. Oh, yeah. He definitely has thoughts <laughs> about the kiss. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, that's the one thing that would make his – to use your um, – Phrasing being raised little bitch again. <laughs> yeah, it's Makes like sense that's, to me. that's that's two separate paths, right? And they kind of went in the middle. Yeah. Um, like it's like yeah, pick one. The Bendu. The Bendu. <laughs> it's like either make it best friends gang, or like explore a, a love line or something. You know. Yeah. I mean, they all fucked each other. Yes, please. I mean, I would. I would in that Look scenario. At them. I mean, okay. Here's my here's my counterpoint to your. Both your uh, thing about the bitch thing. Um, if I was friends with Ring, I would also be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's my that's my take on Raylo too. Ooh, or like, are like you if I was this can of worms, are we doing it now? <laughs> no, no, just just in the simplest sense of like, if I'm Kylo and I have a mental connection with this with Daisy fucking Ridley. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna push that in in ways if I can. Like so, <laughs> what you doing? What you doing right now? <laughs> Want to hang out? You will. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I get that. At some point, you gotta remember these are young people who just kind of want to well, get. <laughs> and now here's the thing. <laughs> I understand it for him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Raylos. I don't understand it for her. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just Adam Adam Driver. Uh, some some that people mm. feel are on that are on that train, and I am I am sorry, guys. I am not also a passenger on that train. Come on, with the Ben Solo bit was fucking amazing. What, what Ben Solo bit? When he had the outfit on. And he had like a oh, whole it was great! I love that he did a Han Solo so, slide wearing a Han Solo outfit. Yeah, you know, I thought that was yeah. and he's hot. No, I also <laughs> I mean, felt he's so not. much like his grandfather. <laughs> so much like his grandfather. Yeah, yeah. So much of that swag. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good, and he did. <laughs> someone, someone made an edit, and usually I like go Ugh, whatever. Like, you know, that musical edits like. Not, not not to shrug people off who make them, I just don't personally like mm-hmm. them. Someone made a musical edit, and I swear to God, it's the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. They've just all they've done is taken that scene where Ben is fighting, um, and running, and they've just put "I Need a Hero" on it. Oh, <laughs> I've seen that. I watched that one multiple times. It's so good. That's awesome. It, it is really good. It's it's one of my. I guess we we can jump back to the trio, but it is one of my regrets of the film is. It's like he was so cool, and we got him for so little. I know. Um, we'll, but, we'll dive into that. Yeah. yeah, I'll give my Finn opinions as well. Um, mm-hmm. So with Finn, I actually really enjoyed the character, and a lot of people didn't. And they said that he was better in the Last Jedi. I don't think that's the case. No, I don't think so either. In my opinion, I don't think his arc in the Last Jedi was as expensive. I also don't think that the criticism about him pining for Rain 
wasn't as, like visible in episode eight because the whole thing he does it's like the, the first line he says is where's Ray <laughs> and then at the end he gives her a hug and he's like chilling out um and I I did there's a bit in the film the first time I think we mainly see Finn in the films and the Falcon when he gets to the cockpit and I went back and watched the scene in episode seven where he gets in it for the first time and he's like unsure of what he's doing compared to the confidence and the He's been through this over and over again. He's like structured. He knows what he's doing. Seeing Finn fit in and just the small things as well, like the, the outfit, the hair, he's like growing into his own personality. It made me feel really like heartwarming inside. And I really love the idea of like Janna and everyone else being all these stormtroopers that were inspired by Finn to like leave the First Order. Yeah, I love that. Well, were they inspired by him? I, that's what I. That was my opinion. I didn't get that. Okay. I thought, I thought the idea was like that was that they they're people who are like able to exercise that free will. I okay. Didn't, I didn't see a connection between them, but that I've only seen the film once, so I, I defer <clears> to you more. Like I just that was my original opinion was that they, right, they yeah. looked up to him as a hero. Um, I also yeah, I just love the way he is in this film. The way he's like the middleman for both Ray and Poe, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the fact that in Last Jedi we get Ray and Poe smiling at each other, and the next time we see them, they're like, "Fuck you, you <laughs> ship. Mm. What'd you do to my droid?" <laughs> um, yeah, him as the middleman was perfect. I love the Trinity in this film. I thought they did a really great job to make them feel earnest, with, despite the fact that it's the first time we've basically seen them as a Trinity. Um, you see the no, history the, there. You see the history. You feel the history. Um, that is showing, not telling. Beautiful. Exactly. Perfect. I <laughs> which, love it. Which, uh, which the movie suffers the opposite from in several spots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think um, I definitely sort of view Finn the opposite way. Like, I, I really enjoy his Last Jedi arc. And mm. I feel like he, um, I feel like he's really, like John Boyega is also like really good in that movie. Um, especially when he does the, especially when he like becomes the audience avatar and him and Rose have those like looks at each other. We're like, well, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I love those moments and I like the comedy that is throughout like Force Awakens and Last Jedi with Finn because like we were saying, like John Boyega is a funny dude, and you kind of like it's nice to see that part of his like strength played up a lot. But I think all the things like we're complimenting on Finn in La- in Rise of Skywalker, they don't feel like tangible arcs for this movie. Um, it like it's growth, but it's not like for me, it's not what is Finn's story in this movie. Um, I still don't really know how to track that. I, but I like obviously yes, he has grown as a person and like his confidence and how his, his appearance and all that. Um but I I'm still struggling to find like a tangible through line, you know, from point 1 of Rise of Skywalker to point end of like what what did Finn actually do that, like go through? That's for sure. I you know what? I agree with that because I feel like a lot of the growth that we're complimenting him on is stuff that he did 
in The Last Jedi that now we're seeing the repercussion, like the, you know, the end product of, but that growth mm-hmm. pretty much happened in The Last Jedi. So I, I totally I, get right. what you're saying. I think, I, I, I okay. So I think that personally, I there's some um, people of color I've seen talk about this where like some elements of the Last Jedi treat Finn a bit of a as a joke himself, like the whole water bag slipping and stuff, which I get. I don't know if I necessarily. Oh, I didn't that. get that at all. I, I I went back and watched the film based on those critics, and I can kind of see it. But I feel like that's for all the characters as well. They've all got those moments. I think Poe's got those moments. Ray's definitely got those moments. But I did. I think the through line for the character is like a trilogy through line. That's how I always sort of view it. Like Han Solo in episode six doesn't really have an arc. His arc was already kind of done by four. <laughs> you could argue. Well, I mean, that that's where the big uh, discussion of <laughs> between <Yeah>. like him <laughs> dying, right? But still, he's an enjoyable character, and I feel like his progression of the trilogy is something you can view. And I feel that's the same <laughs> with Finn. We start off with Finn being a stormtrooper who is terrified to speak out. And then in this film, he's on top of a Star Destroyer taking down the entire First Order. Right. Leading other stormtroopers. I feel like that's the arc for me. Not necessarily just a film arc, because there's so much to fit in the film. And I agree, that's a criticism for the whole film. Um, this film could have been two films, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know that the original editor cut was about three hours long. Um, and it's visible. It's very visible during yeah. the actual film, the pacing. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't have minded if this was two parts. Other Harry Potter. I know people disagree with that. Um, if it gave time for the story to flush out, I would have preferred mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, overall, based on what we've got, not what we could have had, I'm pretty happy with Finn's story. Yeah, no, I I agree with that totally. But I think it is it's a it's less of a Star Wars criticism and more of a a film criticism. Like, of course, your your characters should have a a singular or you know like a journey within the the one movie but i totally i totally agree like when you look at finn from a trilogy standpoint it's it's a it's a marvelous glow up for sure i did kind of want uh, that scene with we were talking about character progressions i kind of wanted chewy to to throw the medal away <laughs> i'm like why the fuck do i want this <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the only way I processed that in my mind afterwards was that it's not him. For JJ's intention to the audience is finally you got a medal that you never got, even though in Jerry Duggan's comic you did. Um, I think in my head canon rewrite is that this is Han's medal. You know what's funny? That was my first reaction. Oh, okay. So, like, so, like, for me, when when she handed that to him, I was like, "Oh, that's that's both, you know, both Leia's and like it was Hans, but also Leia had it, and that's a keepsake for his, you know, his best friends." And then I started getting into like the sort of general populace of he finally got the medal, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things." Yeah. It only <laughs> took two of your friends to die for you to get one. Yeah, like that's why I. 
I liked like I liked that moment because I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's the keepsake of the people he cared about the most, yeah. and and not not just this checklist sort of like basic bitch bingo of Chewie <laughs> got wish, the most. I wish um, I had viewed it the first time the way you did. I wish I, know. I did. Uh, yeah, Rele- release the roaring cut where. It fades in Chewie's hand, and then Luke's like, "See you around, Chewie." <laughs> Amazing! Oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I get that. <laughs> what about Poe? Oh, my sweet boy! Oh, Poe! <laughs> um, I love Poe. I love Poe the most of anyone in the world. Yeah. Um, and let me say, his humor in this movie is. Amazing. Spot on. Oscar kills it. Um, and I think also they wrote like kind of just clunky scenes for his emotional stuff. Yeah. Um, like when, and this is another sort of like a shitty side of being like a, a deep digging fan. When he has that conversation with Zori, that kind of felt like something he'd already exercised in Resistance Reborn. Yep. And he like he shouldn't have actually been saying that when you put it with the book. But it, of course, you can't like say, <laughs> "Well, sorry, in Resistance Reborn, <laughs> I thought a lot about this." Um, so right like, now, I get it. It's a little painful when you kind of know these extra bits. Um, and then like, I the the scene with the. I would have loved just, I don't know, 30 more seconds of him with Leia's body. Like, that was, that's a big moment for him. Yeah. And the, the scene just, like, I know uh, the writing sort of um, mantra is enter a scene late and get out early. Um, but I feel like we entered that scene a little too late. <laughs> I would have liked to see him sort of like, I don't know, even just break down a little more like when he's like in that room with her and then sort of have that moment of what do I do kind of thing. Um, so I feel like it stumbled a little bit on his emotional peaks. I think it's also going back to the fleet scene. It's, it's like a little bit awkward when he's like, I thought people would come guys. I'm sorry. Um, it was almost like getting towards the, uh, Ewan McGregor, I can't watch this anymore kind of thing. It's like, we know what you're feeling. You don't need to say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a way to do this where you don't say it like this? Also, um, come on, you're supposed to be their leader right now. <laughs> right. You don't and say also, that. And that's when you can tell there's like a writing issue potentially because you're telling me Oscar Isaac and Ewan McGregor like don't can't act a scene out? Like, of course they can. So, yeah. like, for me, it was, like, uh, that was a little bit clunky. So when they when they tried to give him the sort of meteor character moments, um, it was a little bit of a, a like, a, a stumble. But I, I, I love Poe in this movie still. I think, I think when they do the humor, when he, um, when he, when Hux reveals himself as a spy and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I love I that. He's like, I knew it. No, no, Jakanka is one of my favorite Star Wars lines now. <laughs> I will say, speaking of the Hux reveal, mm-hmm. on opening night, my theater cheered. 
Yes. It was oh my so satisfying. I was like, yes. I was obviously one of those people. I was so yeah. psyched by it. That That's a moment that brought me just pure joy was when yeah. that happened. I was like, yes. There, there were so many great audience moments like opening weekend. I actually had one last night that was really funny. But um, we'll dig into that later. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I loved a lot of what Poe did. But I think they, they sort of let it then the quality shifted when they needed him to get serious over a few things. Yeah. So the Hux thing was spoiled for me. No! Oh, no. A number of months ago, and I was like, Ugh, I think that's, people spoil that stuff for me. That was one of the things. I was like, No! Sake. That makes me sad. That's I remember like, people like speculating and theorizing, but I, yeah, I never, I never got anything as like definitive to be spoiled I was, for I was it. bummed out that Donald Gleason's scenes were cut because I really enjoy him as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. we can go into the whole like Kelly Marie Tran and <laughs> I mean deserved more than she got. Let's just get that out of the way. Can um, I? Can I also say, in defense of poor Dominic Monaghan, no, giving 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 <laughs> Rose his lines would not fix the Rose problem. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. People are just trying to like cut other characters out. I'm like, no, guys, that's not that's not how it works. <laughs> also, I like how people are getting angry at his character for uh, mansplaining to Ray, because apparently he's a historian, according to the Visual Dictionary, and he's helping Ray translate the text that, that you know, because he's a historian. For which one? So Dominic Monaghan's character. Yeah. He's in the, in the Visual Dictionary. He's a historian. Right, a masterstroke by Pablo, and in <laughs> it, it says in the, that he's been translating the Jedi text for Ray. Oh, it says that in the in the Visual Dictionary. Yeah, and people are like, oh, okay. why would Ray do that? I'm like, all right, because she doesn't give her a chance. speak every language. She seems yeah. to speak quite a few, but it was ancient Jedi texts. Yeah, I fucking also, love that move from Pablo. It's I like, know. oh, we got we got a character who's just constantly. Dropping exposition. <laughs> History professor. It's so good. Is he a clone? <laughs> can we talk about the, can, right, while we're talking about Poe, can we just talk about that the worst di- the worst line in the film? You're talking about the whole you and McGregor um dialogue. There's one piece mm. of dialogue which I love because it's so George and that it's bad. Which oh, is the Lord. somehow Palpatine retired. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, if we want to talk about that scene, how about the um? We need to pull a few Holdo maneuvers. Oh my god! Okay, I was like, oh fucking lord. So that sequence, okay, that I, I swear to God, I'm I want to ask Pablo because I swear to God, I'm convinced that JJ and Chris Terrio genuinely asked him why they can't use a Holdo maneuver, and I think he wrote an email explaining why. And I think if they copied and pasted that response, why not, into the script. Is it Oh, come on. It says it, yeah. Oh, okay. It's one in a million. Yeah. <laughs> Going oh, to Pablo. <laughs> yeah. Gotta put it in there. You know nerds are going to complain about this shit yeah. online. <laughs> Can you imagine John Boy, oh, like Finn on the base saying, well, Pablo said. <laughs> oh. Going to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, which is funny considering that they actually do the whole domain of it anyway at the end of the film. 
Yeah, at Endor, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah, do. The fucker's blasted in half. Uh, yeah. So it's apparently two in a million. Get over it. And, and Wicked's like, fucking hell. What the fuck's happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, I'm so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> no blinking in this film. Disgusted. Oh, Bastards. my God. Unacceptable. Um, but yeah, I, I overall enjoyed Poe in this film. I think it's kind of... I will say, if they ever do a Disney Plus... I know he says, oh, Sky Isaac is vehemently against it. Mm. But um, <laughs> if they ever did do a Disney Plus show, let Oscar write it. Because one, yeah. the, I think the Finn Post stuff is it would be a guarantee. Two, some of his best dialogue in the film is him improving. Yep. The mm-hmm. whole, um, how did it go? Nah, not great, actually. That's improv. Wait, which he's part? So Sorry. Good. Yeah, the one where it's like, where she's like, how did it go? And he's like, uh, not very great, actually. Like, that's oh, the fight? <laughs> yeah, like the whole intro, that's all, all improv. Right, that's, okay. that's, re- that's reshoots done in the summer. Yeah. So good. I, d- um, I also love the, I love the, no spy? No, spy. <laughs> 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 and yeah. the, uh, the torch. Oh, man. Yeah. I have to say, like, I feel like you can tell the joy that those three actors had acting together for once. Right. And it's palpable. You have to, you have to understand that. Yeah. It's it's so evident. And I feel like he had more just he he had more fun being an actual character as opposed to just mm-hmm. a pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um Yeah, I love his sort of bad boy teen rebellious age of getting in with the a dirty crowd. Yeah. Um, dirty crowd. Which also introduced two bright stars in my universe of <gasps> Zori Bliss and Babu Frick. Yes. So what do we think about Zori? I really she may not like care, her. but I think she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> hey, bye guys. I will I'll say, because obviously I, I, okay, so I bartend and my regulars, of course, are slowly going to see the Star Wars movie, and then they come in and they have a few drinks and they talk to me about it. So from the middle class, the upper middle class white people of Geneva, <laughs> who are in their middle-aged white people of Geneva. Represent. I know. <laughs> um, and, I, and I don't agree with this take, so I, want to, I, I just wanted to discuss this take. Um, they wanted uh, – their one of their biggest critiques of Zori was – why would you put such a mask, uh, like a mask, on such a beautiful woman the whole movie? <laughs> mm. So that's what I've been living with. <laughs> oh, I have a, I have a question though. Yes. Um, did you guys need to see her eyes? Yes. Well, In that <laughs> scene, I think that. Oh, I like that I we saw her be, eyes. Yeah, I, I like. I thought it would be really cool to. For like Zoe to have been anyone, yeah, um, like that's just I, the thing with like the mask. But but uh, yeah, like it's it's also fine. What I, I like think is, this, oh sorry, oh, sorry. Clay, <laughs> I I think that it really um, it showed that she's that they have a vulnerable past that they had this mm-hmm. vulnerable like this connection and she is not this cold unfeeling, you know, yeah, warrior it's like a really behind the mask. Of her. It it but at the same time. 
the fact that she never took her helmet off showed her that showed that she still has her walls up. I thought she right. was very yeah. complex. It was like with one little move like that, I thought it was very a very cool move to show mm-hmm. exactly where she stands. Yeah, I also yeah. say I think it's a very great move. Just Carrie Russell was such an amazing actress that so good. Like she's such a great in that role. Anyway, but the acting she does with the, the eyes, the emotion is spellbinding. Mm-hmm. And I think legally she owns me now. <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything for her. Just you gotta the, run some spice. Eyes. I was like, oh my goodness me. Also, can I just say, um, if we're going to talk about performances in this film, this will be like the same, the like sort of the last major thing we we'll say about performances before we move on. Um, Anthony Daniels, this is his best Star Wars film. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah. He was absolutely exceptional. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into three PO, right? Like, it's not just the voice. Like, you oh, have absolutely. To, like you watch him, right? And it's like so much he emotes, even just little things. Going back to like the Poe humor when they're like holding hands, and then three PO just sort of like trots up, and he's like, "I'm gonna <laughs> hold a hand too." So good. It's, yeah, there's there's so much. Anthony Daniels just he goes, he dials it up to to eleven for this last one. It's it's so good and wow. very. I'm very happy for him. While his performance, I think, was really, really exceptional, and I loved his 3PO in this movie, I I just had issues with what exactly he said and did. And I just, like the rest of the droids, especially R2-D2, I just felt like... I felt like they undermined people's emotional attachment to them. I don't. I feel like they underestimated people's emotional attachment to these droids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while they like put in that cute little, they put in the line which we saw in the trailer, which did get me to cry. The actual context of it in the movie was not really emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, this place we didn't. Laughs. Yeah, I, we didn't have our emotional moment with these characters that have been around for forty-two years. I have to say that there is there is one moment that was very 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 emotional for me. Like, cause there is, I agree, there is a jo- they make that into a joke. But there's a scene afterwards where, and this goes back to both Anthony Daniels and Daisy Ridley just being amazing performers. There's a scene where I think for the first time ever, Ray asks Freepio if he wants to do it. She treats him as a person. Yeah, I liked that a lot. And that was just, mm-hmm. that really hit me because I was laughing. Like like you said, it's a comedy scene. So one moment I'm laughing and then the next moment I'm like, okay, I'm going to cry now. Okay, that peace part, out. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember what you're saying now. Yeah, that's a, uh, that part really like sort of brings it heavy. Yeah. Right? Where she, yeah, she's like, you know the odds better than any of us. Um, Like, yeah, can we not afford to not do it or whatever? Yeah, because it is very much like, hey, let's let's crack his head open. Yeah, <laughs> and and then and then it, uh, yeah, then that really like grounds it in that moment. But I I do brings- agree with Claire, where like, yeah, that moment doesn't last long enough. None of the emotional uh, yeah. moments last yeah. long enough. Not a single one in my book. Because I talk mm-hmm. about this, I bring this up on every freaking podcast. I am an easy target to get me to cry during a movie. Mm-hmm. This is really sad. During the Rise of Skywalker, I cried two times. Mm-hmm. Me. One of them, <laughs> yeah, one of them is what happens at every Star Wars movie. Once the light go, lights go down, the Lucasfilm logo comes and the crawl starts. I cry every time. And that is not because of 
the writing of this movie, it is because of Star Wars in general. Did that speak? <laughs> <laughs> no, I always cry at the beginning at the crawl. And then the second time I cried was the Han Solo scene. Oof, and that's that got me. That got me for sure. But they had all of these opportunities to take these emotional moments. And I think a lot of it is a pacing issue. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. a, you know, just making an easy movie. And they're, I don't think they really dug into the emotions of any of these characters to the extent that they could have. Right. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, and that's- like Chewie get we think Chewie dies for about 15 seconds and they brush mm-hmm. right past it. Oh, blah, 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 blah. They don't give us any moment to feel like he's gone. They don't right. give us any moment to like feel anything. Yeah, I didn't cry like, other than twice. Going. That's crazy talk. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't cry at all. You didn't cry at all? You know me, I'm an emotional bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I've opened wounds. <laughs> I've opened no, wounds. I, to be fair though, I was this was the the day of the film was when my chest infection started. Like in the third act, my whole neck was really stiff and oh, really no, hurt. No. So um I think yeah. Like for me also, I definitely got Oh sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry. Um Yeah, I feel like while it didn't make me cry. There were a lot of scenes where I generally like laughed out loud, mm-hmm. especially with Freepio. The the scene where they all fall down and Poe is like, "Hey, Ray, you okay? Finn, you okay?" And Freepio mm-hmm. is like, "You didn't call my name, sir, but I'm quite alright." That was great. That has gotten <laughs>, laughs all nine viewings for me. <laughs> <It's> so good, <laughs> like big it's time so laughs. Good. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, but that it's the best C three PO joke content since Attack of the Clones. Oh it's my a bold god! Claim because that's my that's my top tier. <laughs> there we go. I, so many good stuff. I, I don't know why I expected anything different. I was sure you were gonna bring back memories of running through the hallways of Hoth, but nope. <laughs> no, of course he needs to he needs to be dragged through the sand. <laughs> that is the top tier free pure content, and yeah. this might have topped it. Especially when you got stuff like Babu Freak. He's my oldest friend, and Archie's like, "What the fuck are you so talking good. about?" <laughs> Hello, I'm Babu Frick. Everything he says and the way he says it is perfect. It's like a drunk baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just going to say really quickly, like that kind of goes back to how I felt like I would have liked more Poe with Leia's body. Like I I wanted to see him like really break down and get to that point where he's like sitting saying, I don't know what to do. Like that's when Claire, when you said like, they didn't. It just didn't feel like they dug into the emotion as far as they should have in like a lot of these cases. Yeah, it just this could be if this is the end of forty two years of characters that we are attached to of their mm-hmm. life work and their stories, and this is emotional for a lot of us. That if they well, even though we feel like it's not actually ending, if you really want to market this as that this is the end, give us the emotional closure mm-hmm. and let us feel the feelings that we felt because we love these characters and we love this story. Right. Like, I know. And like for me, I, I actually cried a, like more than I do in like pretty much any film during this one first viewing. And I think a lot of that was sort of wrapped up in the, like the emotion of the crowd. Cause like we had a wild crowd um, 
for our our first one. And um, getting caught up in all that, I I think John Williams is to blame for at least eighty percent of it, um, because his music will just cameo. always always get there. Yeah, I cried during <laughs> I cried during his cameo. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a weird one. It's like. <laughs> for for as much as again why I'm saying like this is a weird movie where so many things are true that like conflict with each other because like for as much as the emotional depth was lacking I was sitting there sobbing like throughout many scenes um, it was it's so weird yeah I think my biggest criticism again comes back to and I think you're both right about the emotional sequences and I think that leads back to my criticism of the whole film slash writing in terms of this should have been split into two films because mm-hmm. there's so many ideas and so many things that you have to deal with that I feel like if they went down the Harry Potter route of like splitting it into, it's still episode nine, but it's part one and part two. I know people complain, but whatever. Um, the only way I can sort of describe it is again, using the Harry Potter analogy. If they just use Deathly Hallows as one film, it's like if halfway through the film, Dobby dies and they go, Harry, instead of burying him, it just cuts straight to the grave. And Harry's like, we've got to go to Gringotts. <laughs> I mean, and also what's what's genuinely fascinating about using Deathly Hallows as an example, they split it up into two movies and still gutted like the major emotional points of that story. I know. Like so much depth of that book is is gone and they had to they and they still put it in in two movies. Um, but I, but I feel like episode nine would have done a better job at, at having the time to explain things and have the, because I think what all the sequel trilogy films, including the Last Jedi, lack is a bit of time to breathe. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, there's there's just moments like I remember watching the Return of the Jedi and just the opening sequence where you have the whole of the Tatooine battle that that's action packed, crazy. And then the next thing you have is Luke and the X-Wing, just, you know, talking to R2 about, you know, mm-hmm. chatting the shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. going back to Dagobah, you crazy little robot. Like, it's because that gives you time to breathe to accept what's going on next. Right. Whereas this film, it's snap, 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 snap. Go here, go it's, here, go here. Yeah. It's like very, like, I remember my sort of initial reaction, trying to think about it between, like, first and second viewing, was um, it was, like, a lot of really cool scenes like sped up and glued together by exposition. And like, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it went like that. And like, I don't know how much we want to dig into behind the scenes, but like, I think they're definitely evidence of a lot of fingers going into the pie. Um, a lot of expectations from different people about what it needs to be. Um, and, like in that regard, it makes me feel like this this is essentially an impossible movie to make. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it's even I, I mean, critically it's been sort of taken to the cleaners, but amongst audiences, I guess, like the fact that it holds as much sort of like <laughs> resonance as it does by itself is kind of a miracle. Yeah. Um, I mean it's doing it's doing it's doing really well, audience yeah. wise. My whole, I, I asked my whole family. They they said it was their favorite one of the trilogy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I definitely. My family They're had a, a very like, like good reaction <laughs> to it as well. Yeah. And and like you're saying with your two friends, like I 
I have friends who, again, this isn't like a hierarchy thing. They just don't think about Star Wars to like the detail yeah. that we do, and they love it. So like, it's, my mom, yeah, my mom was saying like she's like we have to remember like we don't read the books like you do. You don't mm-hmm. we don't read into the the comics or the details or the. So from their point of view, they're just going in from the story, and guess what? They liked Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They liked The Last Jedi. And yeah. Guess what? They liked The Rise of Skywalker. When you're going in to have a good time, you you leave oh, with yeah. a good time. Yeah. It's the and cave. It's the cave. It is. It is the cave. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's in there? Only what you take with you. Mm-hmm. It's the <clears throat> it's it's a genuinely great lesson about fandom, right? Yeah. Like like I remember when we when we started that uh, Facebook group. The old, the good old podcast alliance. Oh my! You know, and it was like, it's like you, like fandom is the cave. Like if you go in looking for people to like fight with you, you're gonna have a fight. Yeah. Um, like if you go in looking to have a good time, enjoy, you know, celebrating what you like, then you will do that as well. Like, and it's it's so much like your own perspective, uh, and like what you're, what you're sort of blind to. Um, dictates so much of how you enjoy these things. I'm going down the Qui-Gon route, which is where I know I'm right, but I <laughs> I try to be silver as possible. Yeah, but like yeah. give a really glum, like smug look. <laughs> oh yes, Master Yoda, you're you're wrong, but I'll accept it. I don't want to oh, join the fucking board. <laughs> <laughs> the boy will be trained. Fuck your council. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just remember when. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when Liam Neeson, prick. Liam Neeson did the uh, the Simpsons episode. <laughs> Do you guys ever see that one? Where he plays a Catholic. Oh, it is one of the best Simpsons episodes ever. And he's like telling Bart this uh, flashback of his life. And he's like, "So I was having a fight with my dad, <laughs> and I was picking my teeth out of the gutter when Saint Peter himself came to me <laughs> and oh said, he said, Sean, you wanker.' <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> it's it's so good. Oh my god." Please go I'll find check it. That out. Oh, I have to find it. Thank you, Disney oh, Plus, for bringing yeah. me The Simpsons. It, it came All out it. around 2005. I don't know what Simpsons season that is, but it was like 2005-ish. And it's when Bart becomes a Catholic and they have like the Catholic-Protestant thing. Before we jump into other questions from our fans, I do have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you think some blame for the film has to come down to the whole trilogy planning because I was thinking about this the other day like The Last Jedi starting straight after episode 7 was that a good idea? I don't have any problem with that idea but yes there was a lack of trilogy planning and like I don't think that needs to be the benchmark of a good series mm-hmm. but but it's things like it's things like when when you tell Ryan Johnson he has free reign, there are no boundaries, there is no game plan, and then he does something. And then you make the next movie and you're like, Well, I kinda wanted it to be this. And it and it's sort of like if again, it, it works in a way where it's like you can get away with it, but also it does feel like a major step back. Um I think that's when you have issues. So like the idea that a trilogy needs to be perfectly planned out, like 
some Kevin Feige whiteboard or whatever, um, I don't necessarily agree. But I think there are probably some like big like like I don't know maybe the history and background of your main character should probably be like sort of mapped out for you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah, when you when you tell someone they need to, uh, um, when they, you tell someone that they they can do whatever they want, and then kind of like try to up the revelation on that, meh. I think that's where there are issues. Claire, I agree with Nikki. I think that. Okay, so it's kind of like what I said earlier. We know where it's gonna end. Well, we know it's going to end with a happy ending. It's about figuring out the spot in the middle. There should be a few solid emotional beats planned out. And and but it's but there are some things that really yeah, do need to be planned out in advance. I'm with Nikki. I think that I don't have an issue with the last Jedi starting right after the Force Awakens. Um but yeah, I I'm think that Nikki phrased it the best. Don't give free reign if you're not going to, you know, if you're just going to pull back on the reins the second that you're out of the door, that you're going to change everything <laughs> that happened. Yeah, like like for me, I look at a lot of things in Last Jedi and I can see the, how that rationale came 100% out of the Force Awakens script. Right. It's like it's like looking at things and saying, oh, that's an interesting thing to pick at. Let's pick at that. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't feel like the Rise of Skywalker took that same sort of earnest approach <laughs> with The Last Jedi. Um where it like it didn't when it did it, it did it well, but I don't think it like did it enough. And I think that's where that's where the trilogy planning comes in. Like you want it to like really satisfactorily build off each other. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, true that. Um, should we jump into some of our questions then? Yes. I have a quick question. Are we going to leave? Uh... Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, like we've, we've sort of not talked about Kylo or Palpatine yet. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. I'm like, are we going to not talk about this one in this episode? <laughs> or are we going to save this for the next discussion? We can, we can well, do a dark side well, episode later if we want. It's up to you guys. Well, the first question was about Palpatine, and I was going to like weave it in, but oh. sure. Well, if if you want to kick it off with a question, let's do that. Yeah. We can do that. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it's a good. I thought it was a good tie-in, at least. I should have let it breathe. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I I forgive you, Claire. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's go, gang. We're good. Okay. So our first question comes from Emma, who says, "What planet do you all think Palpatine's sexual partner comes from?" Ooh, <laughs> asking the real questions over here. Uh, well, my answer is either Coruscant because <laughs> classy, or uh, Camino. Camino. That's of cum. <laughs> Camino. <Hey>. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Um, I'm gonna say Narshada because man, she had to be dirty. 
Um. I, I know that Ray is not like a blue alieny like creature, but I always imagined um going back to the Simpsons, I guess, I always imagined the Emperor Masamita relationship to be kind of like Burns <laughs> and Mr. Like, Smithers. <laughs> so the ties. So I feel like it has to be Champala. I feel like Masamita had to inadvertently hook him up with his lady. There we go. So or his, I, I, his surrogate womb. <laughs> I've been thinking about Masamida a lot recently. Words <laughs> one does. Expect someone to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Claire, I think you're right because remember what the first um, like a what's it called promotion for the action figure said? A horny politician. Oh <laughs> <laughs> mama! But I think. I've been thinking about him a lot recently because if you remember in Aftermath, there's the whole, like, he's in charge of the Empire. Yeah. And he's, like, so defeated that he has to, like, sign the treaty. Do you think that he knew Palpatine was alive and he was, like, waiting for him to save him? And he was like, any moment now. Oh, my God. Poor guy. I hope so. Like, Palpatine's an exegol, like, (laughs) who who this? (laughs) No New planet, body. who does? <laughs> <laughs> Bad connection. New fleet. <laughs> one th- one thing I'll say. Horny politician. <laughs> Jesus. One thing. One thing I'll say about um, Coruscant as the as the likely planet is uh, you you could imagine you could easily imagine one of these kind of like shitty upper level people who only sort of sees the power of that arrangement kind of thing. Uh, oh, like definitely. The, the prestige. Like, I don't think he got some, he met some like girl from the village and they like fell in love with each other <laughs> and, you know, yada, yada. Cause he had to have been posed for friends of the Sith. Yeah. He had to have yeah. the scrotum face. <laughs> it had to be like, also with how well he planned out Anakin's life, you know that he's got that whole shit timelined. Mm-hmm. He's got like her like uh, when she's ovulating. He's picked <laughs> the person. He knows when she's ovulating before he even proposes the question of like you know, just saying. Yep. He knows who her grandparents were. I do. Um. <laughs> oh God, I do like the idea of like because we know that Palpatine has this weird cult. All those weird fucks in the Death Star and all that, all mm. that jazz. Mm-hmm. I just, my immediate opinion was that she was one of them. Oh dear. Oh. Mainly, mainly because uh, one of the things that I, because re- I, I was there was one thing I didn't really like about the film, character-wise, that when I read it in the Visual Dictionary, I was like immediately I was like, okay, that makes more sense. But still. It changes my view of Palpatine as a character. Before, I thought Palpatine was a bit like Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Like, very strong behind the scenes, but his plans always get defeated. Now I see him like Lex Luthor from the 1970s Superman film. Go where on. he's like Gene Hackman. <laughs> uh, because he, he has an assassin called Uchi. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the Otis of... Of the Star Wars universe, where he's like a bumbling fool who can't even kidnap a little girl. As much as I like, <laughs> as much as that, you know, this this part of the storyline really kind of gets under my skin, and I'm 
still learning to just accept it. Ochi of Bastoon is a great fucking name. <laughs> oh my, like it, I love that name so much. But apparently he's part of that group as well. Yeah, and this this extends into like the aftermath books with um yeah. one of those characters. I forgot name. But yeah, that oh, yeah, like, it's like Nashu or something. Tashu. Yeah, tape. Uh, is it tape something? I don't know. Dupe. To the visual dictionary. <laughs> um, but yeah. It makes you wonder also the the Palpatine's son. <laughs> like Yeah. The fuck was his life like? I want him to have a normal name, like Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Palpatine. Phil. Brad. Oh. Brad the monkey. Brad. Dad, Brad such a prick. Um yeah, by the way, it was yeah, it was Yoop Tashu. Ah, uh, Yoop Tashu, baby. Oh, yeah. Of the Acolyte. All we know is Build. that. Pal- yep, there Pal- it is. Palpatine's Bay <laughs> had a nice felt hat. Yes. <laughs> had a nice felt hat. Probably a nice felt bed sheet as well. And a firm hey. buttocks. <laughs> oh my gracious me. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a, a Palpatine note I wanted to bring up. Um, sure. So when so when he's... It's it's one of those things where like I'm, I'm amazed whatever the answer is. Um, when he... Is like restoring himself off their like force energy. I like that he stops before he makes himself look human again. <laughs> like, right? Right? You you think oh, I'm gonna be beautiful? I'm gonna be young Ian McDermott, but then he also stops at his emperor face. And it's like you'd think if you had the power to regenerate yourself, you know, fully, you'd go for the beauty. But then I'll, on what? the other hand, I was like, it's also amazing because. It's very like, like Voldemort, where he's like proud of that shitty snake look, in the same way where yeah, like Palpatine's like proud of this is this is me with the you know with the makeup off and it's beautiful, <laughs> and this is who even, I am and I'm evil and I'm like <laughs> awesome. Um, I thought that was just a really sort of funny thing to like think about, but also like a cool character moment wrapped in it. Yeah, it's a nice metaphor because. Ghost Palpatine, or like the the shell of the body that he is, he looks like normal Palpatine. Mm-hmm. There is no scarring apart from his eyes. He is just Ian McDermott, right? So, the idea that him having the scars is normality goes back to the whole idea that that's just his real face. Like, not that it is his real face, but like it's the one that best suits him. Like you said, like with Voldemort. That's how he feels character. his best self, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which I I love that, and I have to give props to JJ as well. It would have been very, 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 very easy just to recreate the episode six outfit, mm-hmm. but the fact that he has this like lovely new Yo. red undercoat, like those robes. So beautiful. Also, I want to I want to give shouts to Ian McDermott because, dude, he brought it. He yes, brought he it did. big time in this movie. Um, for whether it's the sort of like horror shock vibe with the flashing lights of that original sort of zombie face down to Palpatine back in his beautiful self. It was, it was really good from him. And the Snoke moment with the whole, the voice and the Vader and the, oh, yeah, it's so good. I, I, regardless of your opinions, I fucking love that. I like the fact that they're like, here's a jar of Snoke's deal with it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I still, I still have, I still have major, major uh, questions. But it is sort of there's something very even we go back to it, something very George about like shut the fuck up. This is yes. it. <laughs> same with same with just Palpatine being here, right? Like exactly. Like yeah, he, guys, he's here. We gotta fucking deal with it. Um, it's it's very it's very like shut the fuck up and get in the car. We're going. And <laughs> I think I think that's kind of fun. And um, I also just like I don't know if this will extend into like our Kylo little talk, but like um, I do love how how fast it hits the ground running on that point of like this is a he views it as a threat and he needs to stop that. I think that's a really cool way to end that crawl. I have to say as well, I think the opening to episode nine is the best out of the the three films. Mm-hmm. Like, even I with its pace, expect- even with its pace, it it kind of slaps pretty hard. It's really cool. Like, yeah. like uh, everything you could have told me about episode nine, I would never expected the film to open with Mustafa. Right. I'm still actually waiting right. for the actual JJ cut, where oh. it's it's that <laughs> opening, but it's got sabotage going the whole time. And he's just chopping through people. It's like sabotage, and he's like just Can't stand through it. Exegol. I put yep. my grinder. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I, I, I don't know if you have you been watching the Vader Immortal storyline. No. Nay. So I don't know. If, I don't want to drop spoilers for you guys, but can I? Yes. <laughs> At least I'll speak for myself. <laughs> yes. But, so the whole point of the story is that like the uh, the whole there was this like the whole sort of crystal thing which helps restore the planet, and that it was tainted by this early. There's this couple, this Lady Corvax and her husband, mm-hmm. who were these like force users, and he had like an early like sort of lightsaber, which actually looks like a sword. It's really cool. Um, oh, that's the one with and, the, like the crazy hilt, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. In an attempt to restore her husband, because um, that's like the whole point of Mustafar, with Force Nexus, where they're trying to restore the ones you love. Um, they used the she used the, the device which actually was supposed to help like because Mustafar was all greenery, and once they did that, all the volcano like the, the planet was devolving and becoming into the fiery pit we know now. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the storyline, because the character you play, the VR character, you're the descendant of the of them, and you're the only one who can sort of fix it. Mm-hmm. Because Vader wants to use it to to bring Padme back. So, you know, oh, okay. Of course he does. Because um, he's a messy bitch who lives for drama. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a really cool moment where actually he's he's talking to like Padme and they've used like voice clips from uh, Natalie Portman, which is mm. awesome. Um, but naturally she rejects that and he takes it, fixes it, and then they say at the end that the process has started again. Like the planet, to, the planet will heal, but it will take time. Which is why when Kylo's in the fo- in in the forest, that's the forest growing. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Yeah, Which, I didn't I know, know like, that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where like you you don't necessarily have to know it, but because I went in watching that, I was like, that's a really nice detail. How like how they're all like mixing together the ideas, and I like the idea that Mustafar's healing, but that the the remnants of Vader's boot continues to be there, literally in the form of Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Vader's castle they were fighting on as well. Right. I would have. Which is just. You know, 
I would have loved just just a just a oh no a far off shot of the silhouette of the castle. Like it it's it doesn't. In there. It's very far away though. In the actual movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't noticed that. It's in the trees. It's very hard to see, yeah. but I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, it needs it needed to be sort of like more on the horizon for me. I thought what I thought was interesting was that the confirmation of it being Mustafar was afterwards. I expected it to be Mustafar, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I wonder how this will play into normal audiences. Like, will they will they understand it? And I said, to, I said to my dad, I went, look, they've confirmed this Mustafar. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Watch yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, right, fair enough. I think, yeah, we're just so, like, ready for, you know, a new planet, I guess, at this point. We don't really think about it. Should, before we dive into my, more questions, should we jump into the Kylo of it all? Yeah, let's let's talk about the old boy. Claire, do you want to go first? Oh, you want me to start this off? Um, I can if you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go later. I'll go later. Okay. Um, so I really enjoyed Kylo's arc in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I didn't expect there not to be a redemption arc. I think it would have been, you know, I should. Although people wanted him to be the villain of the story, I just felt like there was so much in there that's more interesting to tell if there's a redemption arc to it. Mm-hmm. So the whole story with Leia, the way they used Leia to help Ben was really emotional to me. Yeah. It's the best thing they could have done without having Carrie there. Right. In my opinion. The fact that she helps her son see the light. We see Harrison Ford come back, which is awesome. Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, good. As Ben's thought process. And like, there's bits where J.J. Abrams repeats stuff. And I don't know if he's repeating it on purpose. Like, I think he does. Oh, I know, but he is repeating it on purpose. Like, the X-Wing scene. Nothing. There's nothing in there apart from the fact that it's like Empire. Mm-hmm. The Harrison Ford scene, the flip of that in Episode Seven, was a genius move. Oh yeah, it's just a nice bookend to the the trilogy. It's it's for me like the crowning moment of the movie. Um, yeah. It is. It's so smart to have this character who we know has always struggled right with this internal conflict. To have him like sort of cleanse himself and relitigate that moment as the way it should have gone um, is like not only just emotionally powerful, but also in a movie that has to move very fast, extremely economical. Cause like we yeah. know exactly, like we know exactly what's going on as soon as the lines, as soon as he's saying the same lines and just these little tweaks and, you know, my son is alive. Like we know what's happening. We feel it. And it's going by in a, in a two minute space. <laughs> uh, so like, it's, it's just smart on every level and it's, it's wonderfully acted. And I also like, it's one of those things where um, sort of a blessing from a tragedy. I don't think that scene would have happened if Carrie was still here to do scenes. I'd like, I think the only yeah. reason like I don't think Harrison Ford was going to come back, but they they were probably like, "Yo, yeah. we might we're going to need you um, to help push this forward because there's there's only like one or two characters who can do that." And um, and I also think it's a great fulfillment of uh, 
you know, Luke's a Jedi, but you're his father. Like it, like it's very fitting that it's Han. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's also yeah. an argument to say that it could be Leia doing that as well. Yeah, for sure. Because it's yeah. all coming from within, right? It's all there's no mm-hmm. there's no ghost. There's no blue aura around right. him. Unless, yeah, like it's like a layer thing, like projecting. Mm-hmm. That's what's um, really fascinating for me. It's like, I still don't, at this point, I still don't know if I understand exactly what <laughs> Leia did <laughs> and like why the why the bodies disappear together. And I'm like totally fine with yeah. not getting that for the moment. Like it's sort of this nebulous thing that I sort of understand but can't fully define. And that's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun thing about how the force like allows you to have those gray areas in your head. Oh, do you mean at the end? Yeah. Just how like, it's like, what exactly like did she do? Like, is she in him? Cause I've seen all sorts of theories where it's like when Ray, I don't know if this is like just someone trying to reconcile their own sadness, but like when Ray stabs him, they're like, like a part of him died then, and the only reason he was still going was because Leia was in him. And then when they when he dies, they sort of both go together. I'm like, okay, I can sort of whatever. But yeah, like to me, yeah, no. it feels very nebulous, and I still think I think that's also fine. So my my viewing of it was that Leia was holding on. She had learned how to become one of the Force mm-hmm. because Luke had taught her. But she was holding on to wait for Ben. And then once that would happen, he, she could like bring him to the force and teach him. Because mm-hmm. they say in the, I think like in the visual dictionary as well, which this isn't me like reading off that. It's just a sort of backed up my own opinion, which was that she was still like becoming one of the force during that time. That's why she didn't just immediately show up as a ghost and be like, What's up? <laughs> the band, um, the bandwidth on Agent Class is not great. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like still uploading. Um, I do like the idea. I do like the idea, like of her, like of Ben waking up in this weird place. That maybe it's like the world between worlds. Who knows? And having his mum hold her hand out for him. Yeah, and be like, I can teach you. But yeah, he had to. He had to do the selfless act. Yeah, which is important. Which I feel like also yeah. like all of this like bizarrely similar to Mortis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of transference of of life, and it's very very similar to how the daughter and Ahsoka work. And and when you think about that, like what part of Ben still exists in Ray, um, and all you know, like it's all this weird sort of force trippiness. Um, and I but I thought it was a very cool callback to to how we see the Mortis arc resolve. I also think it's, um, we should give uh, like major props to Adam Driver mm-hmm. because he managed to craft the character with five minutes of screen time saying one word. Ow. But it's a completely <laughs> different character. Yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, but for sure. you can sure. tell it's different. He... He is. Yeah. I'm gonna like. I have no reserve. He is the best actor in nine episodes of Star Wars. Um. Oh yeah, it's, definitely. It's like insane what he does with so little. And again, like like you just said, 
Ben doesn't talk, <laughs> which which I have a gripe with. I would have loved for him to say Me something too. to Palpatine um, or Ray or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's like he does so much with his face that it's like it's insane. Because um, I remember reading a a sort of non spoilery review before the movie came out, in between the premiere, and uh, the writer said they were they were left underwhelmed by Adam Driver's second half performance. And I was like, yo, he's doing all he's doing all the work in that second half. <laughs> like what? Like just because he's it's like, yes, he should be talking, but just because he's not, like, he does so even the scene with Dead Ray, he does so much in 20 seconds. It, it's insane. Yeah. Also, I have to say as well, like, people who debate like the whole whether Adam Driver cares about the character or if he's a fan of the films. He's definitely a fan of the films. He pers- This is according to, I think, Chris Terrio or one of the editors. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that um, he was the person who said that they should include the Han mannerisms. Oh, yeah. Like, he's the one who purposely went out the shrug. through. was like, yeah, the shrug, yeah. The, the blast, the bolt, and stuff like that. That was all him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you can't say he doesn't care. If you've ever listened to him talk about the character in any way, he yeah. he's like one of the smartest people. And like, I don't, I don't know if I only say this because we don't get it that often, but it's like anytime he talks about it, it's money. And mm. like, he he's very thoughtful about how he portrayed Kylo Ren, and I think that's a really, especially like for any fan, that is a really like awesome thing to be able to hang on to. And yeah, I thought I thought he was amazing in this movie. And there's something I also love about the Kylo character um, because when when I found out the mask was coming back, I wasn't sure how I felt. But there's this really cool thing that Kylo does when he when because it's in Force Awakens, and then we sort of lose it in Last Jedi because he has no mask. Um, but when he has the mask, he's a really like cocky bastard. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like Oh, totally. I, like I love how that came back because it's like he's this naked baby in Last Jedi, right? <laughs> a half naked at one point literally. And um <laughs> and he, take those pants off. Yeah, and it's like you get to this point where you're so used to him being wounded and then it's like I think I saw someone tweet something similar to this. So, I'm sorry I can't credit you while I paraphrase, but it's like it's like he went to camp and met this like crazy girl and then then he like got back into the crowd of his bad friends and he sort of became that douchebag again and when he rebuilt that mask and then that sort of cocky like kind of bitchy side to him came back i thought that was really cool i love the way adam driver plays that side of kylo as well for sure what about you claire i have i have absolutely no issues with his performance at all no issues I think that he has repeatedly been the best performance in the sequel trilogy for every movie. I, he's always been my number one performance. He will always deliver. And he it's clear just how much work he puts in to this character and how much thought he puts into it. And you see it in every single scene. And it was awesome. And I agree that I wish Ben Solo had things to say. Um, 
I feel like that would make me um, potentially have peace with the ending, the last scene we get mm-hmm. with Ben Solo, which is probably my largest issue with the film, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which of course we can talk about. But um, Adam Driver is not my issue. It's just, yeah, I wish we had had gotten some things for him to say as Ben Solo. I think that Kylo Ren's arc was great in this film. I, I loved seeing the cocky, putting him in his place, Kylo Ren again for Hux, even though poor guy doesn't deserve everything he's going through. I mean, he does because, you know, it destroyed an entire planet and a lot of other things. But, you know, it's a bit, um, but I will say, um, and, and I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Elephant. I'm sorry, guys. I hate the kiss. I hate everything about it. Speak your truth, homie. Um, <laughs> and if you disagree with me, that's fine. I'm not here to tell you your view is wrong. I don't want to start this argument with anybody. But just from a personal, my own personal issue with it and with there being a a connection between them that is more than just through the force and through their bond, making it a romantic one is that this is another instance of movies teaching dangerous messages to impressionable young people who may begin to start dating. Um, And I don't want to go into any personal specific details, but as somebody who has been in and out of hell, survived relationship abuse, gotten out of it the other side, not turned into a monster, so I s- suppose. Um, the, the, the story that I wanted to see was the person who has supported her and loved her and been there and his entire mission has been about his bond with her and it's healthy, it's loving, that is not the person that got the kiss at the end of the movie, even though it's debatable um, what he was going to say to Ray, which people are now split between I'm force sensitive and I love you um, for Finn. And But bringing that back to Kylo Ren, as somebody who watched all these movies as a little kid, and I'm not going to blame the movies, I'm going to blame... I'm going to blame a lot of the mindset that you could potentially get from the movies, which is you see the red flags, you see the dangerous side, you see the aggression, you see the rage, you see that you've hated each other for three movies and have tried to kill each other um, and have a violent and dangerous and unhealthy connection. That is not the person you want to kiss at the end of the movie. That is not excusable behavior in any situation. And I understand that this is a movie, this is fake, and it's in space. But it's dangerous when you start to romanticize somebody like that. And everybody will defend Ben Solo for what he's gone through. I agree. He should not have gone through everything he's gone through. Um, I'm very upset for all of the hardships he's been through. But bad things happen to people and they don't become monsters. They don't slaughter entire villages and they don't 
they just they just don't and it's not an excuse and the kiss made me so furious because it is a dangerous message for us to continue to allow like and to continue to encourage in our movies is there could be a romantic connection there no there could be an incredibly unsafe thing you need to protect yourself and you need to be with the people that are here to support you genuinely encourage you to grow and love you that is my biggest issue with the rise of skywalker that i no matter how many times i see it I will not get over just because of my own personal experiences, what I have survived and gotten through and I'm still dealing with. That is my issue. And I will go into no other personal details about it, but that is the thing that ruined the Ben Solo thing for me. I am glad he got redeemed because that is the story of Star Wars. I'm not saying that after doing terrible things and being a bad person that you can't be redeemed in the real world or in Star Wars. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that it's not a good thing to romantically involve our hero in. It's dangerous, and I don't like it. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for being open. Um, Thanks, guys. <laughs> Got awkward up in here. Yeah, true. Yeah, man. Like, because obviously we're friends and these films are important and do have a, you know, a repercussion of sorts. I think from my point of view, it was out of the blue. And from my impression with the editors and the comments some of the editors have made, it's like it was a, it's a decision they didn't really even think about too much. Like it was, a, should they care? Should they not? Uh, who cares? Which is a shame. Yeah, it's like a for on on like on both points of view. If you're a fan of those two characters, or um, or you have like a your personal issue against that and stuff, and it, it just and I, I remember, um, I, 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 yeah, it was odd. It was odd. Like all my whole point aside, it was it it did feel like it was out of pretty much nowhere. <laughs> like you can be connected to somebody and it have it not be romantic. You can feel like someone is like your sole person, but have it not be romantic. You know? I was I was very much in that camp. Like I was actually, so for me, like, first of all, yeah, like, Claire, like, I will never be able to, like, just by virtue of who I am, like, will never be able to have as good a, um, or, like, as deep a uh, sort of reaction to that stuff. Like, so, like, your experience is just so much different to mine that, like, yours is, of course, like, incredibly valid. And, like, I, even if I am, like, Oh, I love the kiss. Like nothing can make me deny like anything you just said. So, like I was surprised at how um little I was like I wasn't bothered by it. It kind of just happened. Um I was like, "Okay, I didn't I didn't like love it and I didn't hate it 
It's kind of weird. And it feels like something you should yeah, love that, <laughs> like at that point in the movie. Right. You should have um, built it up to a right. point where we're all like, yeah, we're on this team. Yeah. And like, and yeah, like I agree. Like the, it's, it's funny how much Harry Potter has been brought up in, in this discussion, <laughs> especially because like, like I think about the way Palpatine dies and it seems very Voldemorty to me. And that's not just from a disintegrating point of view. Um, but like the, the big magic in Harry Potter or a big chunk of it is like you have these two characters who are bound together through like destiny and who grew up very similarly. Um, like there's, their circumstances were actually like they married each other very well. And one chose to do good and one chose to do bad. And like when you started at the base level of, you know, these two kids who were abused as orphans, that doesn't write off the, I'm going to go become a genocidal maniac yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And like, that's very much how you have to look at Ben. And it's like, yes, he was, he, um, he got dealt some shitty hands to say the least. And also did shitty things with those. Exactly. Um, he made a choice. And like, I think that's what's so powerful about so many good fantasy stories is for us, as insane as they are, as the settings are nuts and powers beyond what we can comprehend, they always come down to choice. And that's like the the central theme to all these stories. So like I get it. I get the temptation to to like double down on a character you're really into, but like I like personally me, and I feel the same way with someone like Snape, like the beauty of the character is because they are full of good and bad. Exactly. Um, it's conflicting and, like, and it should be. Right. And like that's like it is compelling because like like Snape is compelling because he is a huge asshole who has taken the abuse he's faced in life and channeled that negatively but has also is also doing one of the bravest things anyone has done in that universe. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like it's like allow these People gotta allow these. Um, um, what's what's the term? Uh, the sort of opposite natures within one person. Duality. Um, duality, yeah. Duality and like an oxymoron of sort. You know, like these two things that just somehow make no sense but exist within the same person. And I feel like there's so much of that in Kylo Ren, and it goes both ways. Where like someone, someone's so ready to paint him as just purely evil which only radicalizes the people who want him to be good, which, so then they go like, oh, well, he's never done anything bad in his life, which then only radicalizes back the other way. Yes. And you just get these like two camps who like can't view him as this, what he is, the balance between light and dark. It's complex. <laughs> yeah. Like let, let these characters be complex. Like don't try to paint them into corners because they're not all one thing. And I think that's why, that's why he is such a good character and allows for these discussions where you can be like, um, you know, what is the merit of that kiss? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it's, it's worth thinking about like in what, in how many contexts did he deserve that? <laughs> oh yeah. And this is also coming from me who Kylo Ren is, my favorite character of the sequel trilogy because he's the most interesting, he's the most complex, he's the most conflicting. I'm not mm -hmm. sitting here to shit on Kylo Ren. Not at all. 
But there is a lot. You have to think about what that means, what right. the decisions you make with him means, and you have to critically think about. You have to think as complex as he is. <laughs> you can't just mm-hmm. look at surface value. This happened, so this. It's a lot of yeah. things. And again, this is like again all stemming from these issues we brought up earlier of, um, like moments not getting to breathe. Yes. Right. Like there's no development of his nature. We get we get so much in so little time, but like, yeah, I don't know if it was enough to to merit that moment. Not to like belittle your discussion, but ever since Nikki mentioned the duality and like the, the similarities between Voldemort and Harry <clears throat> and Raylo, I thought you meant that Harry and Voldemort kissed. <laughs> well, in the in the movie they get weirdly they do. intimate. One last <laughs> one last time, Tom. Ooh. <clears throat> one last tumble. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's fuse let's fuse bodies. Oh lord, I can't I can't handle but yeah, this. Yeah, I do agree. I feel like the <laughs> thing about that's a that's a difficult discussion because I know people are going to get angry and it is like okay, you're entitled to your opinion. Like the whole Kyla didn't do the Hosnian Prime thing. He was there. <laughs> Like, no, but didn't you see in his face in the novelization the that, that means was, nothing? He was very sad. Yeah, no, I. And you're right. They these characters are complicated for a reason. This is the reason why we love Darth Vader. He's a horrible person. He exactly. does horrible stuff, but we love Anakin. He, he's, he's a he's monster. <laughs> but we forgive him. But we don't mm-hmm. forgive him in the sense that we for, like we forget. I I truly do expect Anakin to have gone through some journey afterwards in the Force. We have no idea what that was. I have an I have an idea of what that could be. Um, my tr- my like my head canon is that obviously in the film we hear the voices of Jedi long gone, which is awesome. Like hearing Ahsoka, Kanan, um, mm-hmm. all these people who didn't have the training to become one of the Force. So how are they there? In my opinion, we know that the the world between worlds is you know time like the weird time stuff happening with the force I think it would be cool if Obi-Wan and Anakin like Obi-Wan trained Anakin and then Anakin goes off and helps Jedi in their moment of death could you imagine the sort of the, mm. the, the emotional power of Mace Windu dying and then the first thing he sees is Anakin hold his hand out and help him oh Are you okay that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> like and him like apologizing from like and then Anakin pulling his hand away in a mace <laughs> <laughs> like should have given me master motherfucker it's all your fault and it, just kidding just kidding get up let's go <laughs> and then I like the idea of him walking past all these moments and be like Ahsoka I'll save like I'll keep her spirit I'll help her train her my old apprentice Qui-Gon's watching, like, tearing up, thinking, this is this is what was supposed to happen. <laughs> and then, like, they walk past Ke- my Gito, <laughs> and everyone's like, let's just ditch yeah, anybody, fuck him. Um, but yeah. yeah, like, the whole... 
there's a whole debate where, and I think we're going to get onto the the Kylo topic in our next episode, where we can dive a bit deeper into that whole discussion, the good and the bad. But until then, let's yes. finish up with some of these questions and see where that takes us. Sound good? Yes. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, first of all, our friend Andy, uh, Australian Andy, has a few cool questions. Andy Campbell. Um, his first question is, how did Sheev Palpatine return? I feel like that never got answered in the movie. Um, in my opinion, it does get answered in the movie. Uh, the whole, the dark side. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> the dark side is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural um it's so i want the meta cut of where he says he like says half of it and then he like looks at the audience like and say it with me now (laughs) (laughs) unnatural and he does he he says a do it in the film as well which is beautiful he does um yeah I feel like that is vague enough and answers the question. We knew, I mean, he's into weird shit. We've, we've seen him. He's in weird Saga, shit. He's doing one thing, and that's trying to extend his life. And we've seen that he's done it to an extent. So I'm not really surprised. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, we sort of brought it up earlier where it's like, it's it's one of those cases of, <laughs> like, it's here, deal yeah. with it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I think, I don't know, from what it sounded like earlier, I think all three of us were just sort of like, okay, we'll roll with that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so, like, I don't know. Maybe it'll get answered. Maybe it won't. I actually don't know if I need an answer. I'm kind of fine. And, yeah, that, that line is the is the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card for anyone on the, <laughs> on, the, on the naughty dark side because you can kind of get away with anything once that's been said. Claire? Well, good old Darth Plagueis the Wise. Mm -hmm. My favorite speech in like all of Star Wars. That's that's my own my own uh, read on it is that uh, being the apprentice of Darth Plagueis the Wise does lead to abilities that some would consider unnatural like being attached to some weird puppet marionette string Mm-hmm. Apparatus and living. I that do like long. the idea of Darth Plagueis, like him building up the story to be amazing in front of Anakin, and then the com- the real conversation was like, "Master, how d- how do we survive after death?" And then Darth Plagueis is like, "Ever heard of a crane?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like some trippy people on Exegol <laughs> got this crazy lab. <laughs> yeah, it's a leftover from the Exegol Olympics. <laughs> have you <laughs> have you heard of Spider Man? We dock ock ourselves to this machine until some stupid Jedi come around and we suck the life like out the of us. Make the sacrifice. <laughs> Kill me. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's one of those things where it's like I want to know, but I don't need to know now. Um, I'm actually, for as much as I didn't want Palpatine to like be a tangible thing back, I was actually I'm actually quite okay with everything. He's like physically doing in the movie, um, yeah. So like, I don't know. I I don't really have a. It's not one of the like the lingering things I need. I don't. I also don't. 
I would love. Sorry, I don't understand how people don't yeah, understand Palpatine's plan. Like, it was very, it, from mm. my point of view, it was very clear the idea that he wanted to possess Rey. And then mm. once he saw something better appear, like he does in every fucking film, he's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I'll take that. He's an, he's, he's an adaptable he, motherfucker. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah, that's, that's his one trait if you got to narrow he's like, it down. He's, he's the ultimate sexist. Um, he's like, I guess I have to possess this woman. <laughs> oh, wait, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Old wrinkle body? Yes, I will go back to that. Oh, God. Okay, second question from... I will be hot again. <laughs> None of this freckle <laughs> shit. Um, second question from Andy. Um, is the crawl the worst written one in the saga? The dead speak? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's a bad crawl. I mean, if we're going to compare them, I think this one is definitely the worst. In terms of the speed of it, and the amount of caps. <laughs> the amount of uh, caps. There was too many caps. I don't know. Something something about this one gets to the point. And I just, I love the last bit of it. I love the way it sets up the Kylo opening. Um, it's a very heavy metal opening crawl. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got no problems with it. I mean, if you want to say it's worse compared to other ones, sure. But I don't have a problem That's with fair. it. Claire? <laughs> Ryan? I'm having a hard time comparing it. The Dead Speak is pretty cheesy, but it reminds me so much of War from Episode 3 that I don't mind at mu- yeah. as much. And I know that it's it feels much like different totally from different. War. Yeah. War. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It did feel like it it moved a mile a minute, which was a, a big issue for me. And I but now at like at the same time, I'm having a hard time comparing them um to each other. So, I don't know if I can say it's the worst, but I did have a few few little issues with how quickly it went by. Yeah, it it does it like somehow says enough with only saying like three things, honestly. <laughs> It's like yeah. Palpatine back, Leia spies, Ray training, Kylo hunting. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. Um, I think my uh, my favorite crawl is probably still um, like Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine. I return the Jedi in an attempt to rescue from the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so opening. good. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have any problems with it. Okay. Uh, first question from Andy. Uh, was this movie too much fan service? A lot of repeated dialogue and music cues from previous movies he found annoying. How did we find it? Um, fan service wise, fan service can be good and bad. I don't think, I don't like fan service being used as a sort of pejorative because that's not always the case. It's not always exactly, a negative. Yeah. Yeah, I think like most Star Wars, there was good bits and bad bits. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I I wasn't too drawn out of the film. The only time, like I said earlier, was the um the X wing scene. Mm-hmm. Which, Which I did again. Like. I've only seen it once. So I could watch it again and go, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel on the fan service thing because now, right now, I'm comparing it to 
the episode of The Mandalorian where they went back to Tatooine, which was just like fan service <laughs> the episode. And so I feel like nothing is going to be bother me quite as much as that yeah, one. At least <laughs> episode nine had plot. So I'm feeling okay on the level. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think this is more about the, um, the uh, second part of his question. But I think as we sort of talked about with the Han Solo and Kylo scene, the repeated dialogue um, that I noticed is ones for like emotional yeah. effect and not just, not just like to call back. Um, and a good, like a good callback is, is a, uh, is a strong thing in a movie. Um, and then the music cues, which I also noticed, um, I think that comes down to the, the reshoots and the editing. Um, because a lot of that happened with say um, attack of the clones or like uh, I cause it wasn't the whole. There's a whole like deal about how he like didn't. Or what was the, what was the deal with Attack of the Clones? There's some like something to do with the soundtrack of like John Williams like didn't actually get to write that much of it, he, or like he didn't get to write yeah, too a lot much. Of it is pre, is um, so a lot of it got yeah. recycled. Yeah, so I feel like some of that came into place. Um, also, because like the best. Maybe also the best force scene he ever wrote, or the force theme he ever wrote, was when Luke dies in Last Jedi. And I noticed that, yeah, like that's the same exact cue they use in Rise of Skywalker when he, uh, when they like blow up the the bridge with Richard E. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, yeah, it's like on one hand, it's like maybe it's maybe it's not preferable, but it is, I think, also a reality of of the filmmaking process that happened with this one when they're sort of like maybe revisiting or regluing um, things that maybe weren't the original plan. I don't know. Yeah. I think all of us, it wasn't really too much of a big deal. Like I was saying. Yeah. I think it's, well, like it's good music, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear it again. Um, and I think it is sort of, Sometimes an unfortunate reality of of the editing process. Also, Richard Grant dying was a really sad moment. Yeah. All right, buddy. With Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, Andy's <laughs> last question is: yeah. uh, This is going to be a difficult question to answer. I say difficult. I feel like it'd be a good debate. Um, I want all your opinions on this. Did JJ do a disservice to what was done in the Last Jedi? I feel like most of the characters were relearning the same lessons from The Last Jedi, and the Luke scene I found was a badly written, and Mark wasn't up to his standards, which we saw in The Last Jedi. Who wants to go first? Because I don't. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for it, just because I also have like a few questions. Um, maybe you guys can help me out. So, first one is... I didn't notice anything awful about Mark Hamill's performance in this stuff. So maybe you guys can help me point out what is like substantially worse that he does. Um, and then also, uh, I mean, the, the Luke scene I feel is just bad because it has to be so, it, it is literally only exposition. Yeah. Um, and that's how it functions. And it's like, oh yeah, so 
um, let me explain Leia's journey <laughs> that we should have, you know, in a in a brighter universe, been able to explore that I now have to sit and explain to you, Ray. Um, and it, like that's an unfortunate thing as well. And as far as the like wider TLJ question, I think it's like a bit yes and no, but also um, it goes back to the cave, and it's sort of like if you're if you're looking for this movie to be like making the last Jedi invalid, then you'll find it. And if you're not looking for that, then you won't mm. see it. Um, I think there are things where it's like, again, like um, when Luke catches the lightsaber and he says, you know, a Jedi's weapon should be shown more respect or whatever. Some people are like, Oh man, massive knock on last Jedi. And I was like, really? Like, for me, that is a nat- that is an organic progression from what he learns at the end Absolutely. of Last Jedi. Like, at the end yeah. of Last Jedi, he has learned he was wrong in the Last Jedi, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like that is, that is Luke's story. Um, so, if you think that's a knock, whether you're J.J. Abrams or whether you're a fan, like, I don't know if they thought that was like a tongue-in-cheek, this will make things right kind of thing. If they did, they didn't understand the Last Jedi. If you think that's a knock against Luke's character, The Last Jedi, it's not. Um, it's it's him, sort of like I like I saw it as him making fun of himself. Yeah, almost. absolutely. And and like again, that's that's sort of where the wider point comes in. If you want to see that as um, in trying to invalidate choices in Last Jedi, you will see that. And but if you're not looking to see it, then you won't. Um, so. And that's not to say I, I disagree with the fact that there are things that I feel like undercut Last Jedi, but I also don't think it's half as bad or like nearly as nefarious as some people are trying to make it be. Yeah, I I totally I totally get it. I'm on the side. I'm like on the middle of the road to slightly undermining things um, just because I feel like we're pulling a course correction a little bit with this movie, just like they trying to please everybody. It's being cheese pizza. Um, Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I think that you, if you look for arguments for either, you will find them, you know, either point of view. Um, I think that I don't think it was intentional to like rewrite every, I like probably not. Um, I would hope, I guess, but I think that for my own personal enjoyment of the movie, it did rewrite a lot of things that I loved. A lot of the overarching messages from The Last Jedi that I loved that I felt were true to the Force and true to um, the powerful, uh, the powerful, powerful messages in The Last Jedi. I feel like a lot of them were kind of undermined a little bit. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's just my own personal feeling. I don't think it was any ill will or anything like that, but that's just how I – the things that I liked about The Last Jedi were changed in The Rise of Skywalker, like some of my favorite things. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that it went because some of the things that I liked were also not very – popular with a lot of people so i 
I see I see both sides and I don't know exactly how firmly I land on it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like still sort of the same with that. Like like it's 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 a yes and no like answer, you know. Um that's how I still feel and I even from viewing to viewing I fluctuate on how much I think it like respects last Jedi versus doesn't or whatever and um no yeah it's it's a complicated yeah. question for sure what do you think my Charlie? favorite thing is when people say that like, people who don't like episode nine and they put up a picture of broom boy and they say this is how the saga ended wasn't it great and my view is that episode nine's ending is a better ending to the saga and that broom boy died he was whipped to death by the oh, alien overlord. I hate you. Who forced him to make shoes. He has no story. I hate <laughs> <Sorry>. you. Um, <laughs> I said this there earlier, just to wind her up. And then he was fed to, fed to the yeah. feathers. He was starving, because they, they've been punished as well. Well, yep. guys, this is my last yeah. episode. I hope The only thing they fun. can eat is salacious crumb. He survived, but now he's being used as meat. Andrew, you right, Claire? Yeah, what I'm trying to think of a way to insult you. Hang on. Uh, an Arsenal one against Man U the other day. So all of these things add up. I don't think that is. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke about how people too crazy about a film. No, I, I do like the episode 9 ending more than episode 8. Just in terms of I like the episode 8 ending in terms of the theme for that film. Like, if Broom Boy mm. was the end of the Skywalker saga, it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not feasible. Whereas episode 9 is <laughs> a sweet nod to... Th- it's, a su- it's, a, it's a sweet conclusion, but also a really nice nod to the future. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so ter- do I think that JJ did a disservice to The Last Jedi? No. The reason is because I went back and watched The Last Jedi, like, straight after episode 9. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And in some places enjoyed mm-hmm. it more. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it as much beforehand, but naturally, like with any of these films, once I watch Revenge of the Sith and I go back and watch episode six, I'm going to like it more because there's things I see in it. Does that make sense? Like I, I bring more to the project. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a mark on the filmmaking. Well, as a fan, I could be like, oh, I can remember, I can feel the pain of this part here and Anakin's journey and I can put it into my emotions when I'm watching this part of episode 6 it's the same with episode 8 it, and I, I agree with you Claire like some people didn't like some of the elements in episode 8 and some people did and they didn't like the bits in episode 9 I personally did I think there's a I, I, I really did like some people's reactions to how Ray being connected to someone, but rejecting that history and background and the notion that you have to be labeled by your family and their history was quite inspiring. I also appreciate the fact that there are some people that actually felt the same way about her being a nobody. Um, and so I don't want to knock anyone either way. I just like, I just, I just went with it. Um, so do I think it will knock towards The Last Jedi? No, I think that these films naturally are like a ping pong battle. Like you just naturally Okay, this happened, this changed, this changed. The same way Last Jedi changed things about episode seven. I think episode seven was clearly going in one direction. And then once Ryan 
has got his hands off the project. There's, he, there's nothing really you can do about it. And whether the fans like that or not, it's, it's just how the fans react. So I'm going to say no. As it, you know, oh, one sorry. thing... No, you go. Oh, you sorry. go. go I'm just going to jump, like, one thing you just said right now about what the fans yeah. want. <laughs> fans don't know what they yeah. want. Like, that's, the, that's why you're going to fail if you try to please. Like, it, it, obviously you want to, but, but you can't. You can't set out saying what will make yes. the fans happy um, because fans don't know. Like we're fickle assholes um, and we want, we want things we don't know we want. Um, so that's why like you just have to make the most creatively honest version of a movie, whether it's Star Wars or what, whatever. And I, th- um, and just yeah, go and for I it. think that's what JJ did. Like truly, I think that that's mm-hmm. his style of filmmaking. I don't think he went out to vanish or disappear. That what Ryan did. Ryan has a clear tone and personality which comes across during the film. And if you don't like that tone, mm-hmm. you're not going to like the the movie. And I think it's the same with JJ. But JJ's tone, like we said earlier, happens to do with pleasing as many people as he can, which I think is the middle yeah. ground. Like we mentioned earlier. You don't hate it, but you don't love it. But I think most audience do enjoy it, um, which is clear right. from conversations I've just had with normal people, where I haven't had one person say to me, like, in person. I mean, yeah. I'm Online, obviously. I'm not disregarding it. I'm just, I just mean personally, in real mm-hmm. life, I haven't had one person say that they hated the film. Yeah, and, it, like, I don't know how many of us would rank The Force Awakens as our number one Star Wars movie. But that movie made a fuck yeah. ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's just proof. Like that is JJ's brand. Like JJ's brand is a, like swashbuckling kind of, kind of be a fun romp <laughs> kind of in space. Um, and like, yeah, he's a very different filmmaker from Ryan and it's, uh, and, and like technically nobody's wrong. It's just people have, like creators have different storytelling instincts. Even fans have, in their own way, have a different storytelling instinct. That's why we can sit here and say, well, I think this would have been stronger. I think, and like, and technically no one's wrong because it is all personal to us. Um, there are, are, of course, you know, structural issues to take into account, but like the emotional connection to a storyline is, is in, you know, is, uh, is subjective to each person. So, yeah, like it's a different movie and it's a different way to embrace the story. And you can you can say I prefer Ryan's version of it or JJ's or George's or you know anyone else. And that like that's just the reality. You have to be at peace with that. It's not a it's not a case of this guy ruined Star Wars or not. And that's yeah, that's the thing I hate the most is and I see this a lot with some critics and like as a critic myself, it really makes me angry because there's a difference between subjectivity and objectivity. Like your mm-hmm. opinion, it, you like at, at the end of the day, critics are there for a reason, and I will defend them to the last breath. But at the same time, you can't sort of shit on some people just because of your, like I've seen a lot of people say like obviously because the last Jedi is art, and in my opinion, I think it is an art piece. It's, it's a it's a beautiful film. It's one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. But you can't shit on people or say that their villains are, their opinions are invalidated because they like episode nine. No, it doesn't absolutely mean not. they're lesser than at all, or that mm-hmm. 
there's a different tier, like, oh, well, if you didn't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a weird classism in terms of fandom and also... Um, yeah, people got really snobby. Yeah. And I don't... F- and that's why... Yeah, like, that's why things... It's like, I don't know, it's, again, whatever point of view you radicalize, it just makes the other side exactly. worse. Like, for as much as we want to say the fandom menace is bad, like... The fandom menace grew out of as a reaction. Disenfranchised people, yeah. Um, because yeah, and it's like, and they just continue to react off each other, and they feed each opinion into this like monster. And that's the thing. Like, I don't, I, I don't think America really has a grip of the class system as much as we do over here. Just naturally because of how mm-hmm. history has worked out and stuff. Like, I don't think there's really a middle class over there, is there? Mm-hmm. The middle class. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> I feel like there's like a socioeconomic answer, and because you always hear things about the middle class is shrinking. Um, I think we do. It's just it's probably different than what it used but to be. You, like you've obviously lived over here for a while, so you know, like there's a clear. It's like that classic, right. uh, like sketch. especially upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, I know my place. <laughs> um, yeah. It feels the same with like fandom and sometimes critics where it's like you've got to remember that sometimes people just want to enjoy something and right that's not really a knock against the film and I think there's it I think that's a good reflection of Lucasfilm because I saw a tweet yesterday from Collider I'm going to just call them out because fuck it um which was <laughs> about how apparently behind the scenes Kathleen Kennedy's the blame for the rise of Skywalker now Yes, it got a bad critical reaction. But the audience reaction is positive and the film hasn't bombed. It's made its money back. It hasn't made as much as the last two, but that's a natural progression of things. So... Yeah, it's not Marvel. Like, we don't progress the same way as Marvel does. Episode 7, 8, and 9 all made it in the top... I believe... uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they all made it into the top 10... Most gr- uh, most gained money of those years. At the, I mean, even all time, when they when they premiered, they all entered the top ten. I think Last Jedi has been pushed out by new things that have come out, um, but like they all jumped right in. Now, to me, that doesn't really sound like a like a bad thing. <laughs> that, seems like, that seems like a good business. Oh yeah, producer. how how she's how she's ruining the the brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I will end off with this question with my obviously my opinion about episode uh, Mark Hamill. Um, so Nikki, you were saying you didn't see the difference between him and episode eight. I mean, I won't say no, 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 no yeah. but like I didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see anything like offensive about his performance. I think there's a few things. The first thing is that the, the CG is terrible. Mm. The second is that it's clearly a reshoot. Which was confirmed, and that <laughs> the, wig the wig is terrible. Oh my god, the wig! <laughs> like, here's a, here's a thing. If he's dead, get rid of the wig. Just give him short yeah. hair. He's a ghost. He can do whatever he wants. How fucking Anakin looked twenty years younger. I mean, what was even their continuity with Ben Kenobi's ghost? I, I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Did he? Did he, I don't even know that what was his my, like. Maybe he had a that was my favorite style. thing about this stupid JJ cut rumor. So everyone who keeps 
mm-hmm. saying that it's real. They said that the the ghost scene was filmed. <laughs> mm. I, I, I said, "How was Alec Guinness's time on set?" <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of, oh him, my God. of him going. He has to run off set, even though he's dead, and get you in then for the next Obi Wan scene. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think the CG was bad. It was clearly a reshoot, and I don't think it's the um, exposition scene that's bad because. They got Alec Guinness back for episode six. That scene is just exposition. He hated being there, but it's still a really great performance. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like mm-hmm. Mark was phoning it in a little bit. Yeah. And I love Mark Hamill. I love Luke Skywalker. But it, even if he didn't like his character's project, like Journey in episode eight, you couldn't tell by the performance because he's so good in it. Whereas this, it was like a... right. I, you could have just had him the music playing in the background every time he's on screen. That's that's all. That's all it uh, meant. It was just like, I'm Luke Skywalker. Remember me? Oh yes, you're a Palpatine. That's shitty. Don't worry <laughs> though. I stopped him. Here's my X-wing. Bye. Um, <laughs> his dialogue as Luke as the ghost was more powerful. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, it's not what I wanted from Force Ghost Luke, but, you know, you never know. Maybe he can come back. Um, we've got a few more questions to dive through, and then we'll finish off, because this is a very mm-hmm. long episode. We're just about three hours, people. Hey. Woo. Mm. Only three hours left to go. <laughs> we'll have to release the JJ cut. Wait, <laughs> wait, guys. You know what I just realized? Our go podcast, on. our first yes. podcast talking about it is longer than the movie by about... 30 minutes at this point. <laughs> yep. Not the, not the original cut. Though. The JJ cut of our podcast. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me one bit. Okay. Oh, just, we've only got a few left. So let's just yeah, let's do it. really quickly. Um, Chris, Chris Swift, who is a bay, um, says the only question I have isn't a question I have. I came up with, but it's the only question that matters. Do you think Finn and Poe call each other general in bed? Yes. Absolutely. Chris, that's not even a question. <laughs> that's a statement, Chris. We asked for questions. <laughs> There's no talking. They're too busy pounding each other. General, 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 general. Buddy. <laughs> like, thank you. I appreciate this. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, Darshan from Discord says, uh, here's a question, unless I'm too late. Where would you see each of our characters 10 to 20 years from episode 9 to do a new trilogy? And, oh, oh, sorry, I added a bit more. Does Ray start a new Force user school? Does Poe become head of a galactic government with Finn? Will Rose actually get proper treatment? <laughs> That's the real one, the third <laughs> question. You know, we, we go really quick, jumping back to the old question. When we talk about disservice, I think Rose is probably the only one that, like, deserves yeah. that mm-hmm. word. Um, and again, they've given this sort of like, oh, we did a lot with her, but it got cut because we couldn't get the carry effect Which is right. Bullshit. Um, yeah, it's certainly an answer. Is it a good answer? No. Um, I, I'm still of the opinion Rose should have been on the adventure and 
um, like it's. I remember I put Last Jedi on because I I went home for a few days and got to watch uh, episode nine with my family. But when I when we were at home, I put on the Last Jedi on Disney Plus just for like the background. And uh, and my mom was like, "Wow, she, like she's in so much of this movie, and she's like nothing in the in the new yeah. one. Like she gets she gets a few little lines here and there, and it's still it's still like great to see her in it, but it's like." She's not at all part of the adventure, and I think that's 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 a real shame. Yeah, her main effect is Finn. Don't do it. No. <laughs> well, good thing she studied all those cruisers, so they knew to blow up the cannons. So I want the uh, the JJ cut where there's twenty minutes of Rose studying <laughs> blueprint blueprints of star destroyers. With cannons that they didn't have when she probably when those blueprints were made. <laughs> the thing I did like was the uh, the light speed jumping, um, uh, sorry, light speed skipping, which I, mm-hmm. which I thought of in the film. Like I had a head cannon in the film, and it was nice to see it confirmed by the Visual Dictionary, which is that Rose um, created the idea to prevent them from being tracked by the First Order from Episode Eight. Yeah, yeah. Cool. it was a really nice little not like way of getting around that part of episode 8 because that's that was genuinely mm. one of my biggest problems with 8 was the introduction in, introduction introduction of light speed tracking so uh, i actually like the way that they got around that that's pretty clever and then the little rogue one hint. yeah well <laughs> the, the gentle kiss from rogue one operation <laughs> death star penises <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, where will yeah, we see the it's, characters? It kind of sucks. Yeah, that's a tough question. Honestly, like this is what informs a lot of my own. Like when I when I read when I see what the cast says about it, and they're like, "Do you think you're coming back?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> like I can see why they say that. Yeah, because like they're just good endpoints. They're they're good endpoints to the degree of like. I don't need it defined what they did after. Um, like much less to the degree of the original trilogy, I think. I don't know. That's just kind of me. Um, and like to look at those suggestions, I don't know if Ray would start a school. Um, certainly not a Jedi one. Cause I feel like that just sort of reopens the balance door. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and sort of like, and going back to the, the miraculous Freddie Prince Jr. rant where he just shouts <laughs> about the force for like three minutes. Um, like there, it's not about good or bad, right? It's about the force. The force is an impartial player and it corrects over steps, right? So like if, I don't know, if Ray made a light side school, <laughs> Would they all just be? Would it all just throw everything into fucking chaos again? I don't know. I I feel like for me, the answer is no, and I don't know. Things are just kind of left in this stasis of peace, at least for Ray. Um, maybe there. Maybe she does come with with a school that will sort of teach this balanced approach that breaks out of this sort of cycle of you know dark side, light side, Jedi Sith. Um, maybe that's the answer. But my initial reaction is no, and 
As far as Poe, I don't see him becoming like president or anything. No, I don't want Poe to be leading my yeah. government. I feel like he's a little bit too much of a hothead and a little too reactionary for that. I don't think mm-hmm. that pilots make good um make good government officials and I don't think that senators make good pilots usually unless you're Yandor. massive slam massive slam on uh Herbert Walker Bush right there. Well, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come. <laughs> That's awkward. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to insult a dead man. My bad. <laughs> I do like, yeah, I like the idea that Poe ends up being this like racist senator <laughs> for Yavin 4. Uh, <laughs> oh. Fucking Aquilus. Fuck it. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> He's just sitting in the middle of the like whole galactic pod arena, and he's like, "Read my lips, no new taxes." <laughs> they're like, oh, "Fuck!" And Trade Federation's like, "No." He's the chief. He's the Joe Biden of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, back when I was on uh, Dakar, and my grandma was telling me, "Now, Joe," I mean, Poe. <laughs> <laughs> Poe Biden. They're like a hey, uh <laughs> Poe Biden. Like uh so uh General General Dameron, you get you going anywhere with this story? He's like, Yeah, let, give me a, give me another hour. I'm getting there. <laughs> so I see these two calamari walking down the street. <laughs> Please, sir. Oh, I do wanna I do wanna mention the most unrealistic thing in the whole movie is that Oscar Isaac doesn't get any. Right? He's turned down. How can you He's turn down, down Oscar Isaac? How? How? I don't know. How? But Horny Horny Poe was a good a good look for him. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> now we can some. all think about that later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, to be fair though, in canon we know that Shara Bay and Kez Dameron banged on Endor. So the other endorphins yep. from you know destroying the, the endorphins yeah <laughs> 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 uh, i hate myself so obviously once they destroyed the first order you know finn and poe um meow what do i think will happen yeah i do want to mention Angel? really quickly on that, on that note um the zori poe thing does not convince me of straight poe he's bi of anything like yeah, Poe po will go wherever. Yeah, Poe is Pan. Pan Poe. Ooh, mm-hmm. Pan Poe. Pan po. um, yeah, what do, I think Ray would start a force user school. Um, mainly because you got to use those books. <laughs> <I'll find laughs> some, some good books. I wonder if she'll do something along the lines of the Sith. In terms of Ray, Ray's gonna put him up in a yard sale. <laughs> the books, <laughs> just bury him. Which time is they are? <laughs> Shut up, Yoda! I'm trying to sell these things. <laughs> Yoda just lights the whole yard sale on fire. He burns everyone alive. <laughs> <laughs> Lose Ray, and then giggles. <laughs> no, I do like. I, I, oh, I feel like maybe the rule of two might be a cool thing for the Jedi to keep them in check. 
And who, be- who better yeah. to start with than Finn? And this is the thing. Yeah. I, I did think that Finn meant force sensitive throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, which was confirmed by JJ, confirmed by been the editors, and I think confirmed by John Boyega himself, obviously. And I watched a scene from the film completely legally, um, <laughs> in which I was surprised at how it kind of hints towards that in the dialogue. But the thing that bother the thing that bothers me and hangs me up on that is why can't we talk about this in front of Poe? Mm, yeah. Why can't you even just, like just throw it out that. in front of Poe? We just said it, we should have just explained it. He's racist. <laughs> 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 Fucking force sensitive. Excuse me. <laughs> I do absolutely love that exchange of I'll tell you later. Oh, you mean when Poe's not around? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Isaac again. On the, the comedy side, just kills it. So good. Well, maybe because she knows what she's talking about. And he's scared. <laughs> Another thing, um, this was speculation that when after like seeing it once, my friend was talking to me about. And he was, he was wondering if uh, Finn knew that she was a Palpatine. Um, because, and that's all sort of like keyed into the whole, like, I know it, Leia knows that's it. The, that's the dialogue I thought hints towards the force sensitive stuff. Like, yeah. He, cause, she, Cause he says, he goes, well, we don't know what she's going through. And po- 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 uh, Finn is like, I know it, Leia knows it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that. But yeah, but I, but if we're going from the assumption that we've like, from Force Awakens, we've gotten that, <laughs> hint that it's like I'm watching this movie from the perspective of yeah, I know that. Why is this a big reveal? Because you've been teasing it through the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's not like a revelation, and I don't think it would be a revelation to Ray at this point. You know, I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. I feel like you can kind of sense it. it. You know. She's also the. I think the. I think she's also the sort of person that is so focused on some of the bigger picture stuff that she forgets about the smaller picture stuff, like with Finn. Like there is a war going mm-hmm. on, to be fair, and it's the stuff like <laughs> they're like, "Where the fuck is Ray?" She's like on the scuba diving. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she just fucks off. <laughs> um. I think the the biggest indicator for me is Finn knows when she dies. Yeah. Like, he feels it. And he knows it. Um, and it's like... I don't, I don't know any other scenario where he would be able to feel that. And it's the same with Leia in episode 5. Like, even if there wasn't the whole you're related thing. Mm-hmm. She knew, we knew that she could feel that she had the force. It wasn't like she had to go, by the way, Luke... <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> it's just one of those things where I was like, right. maybe they shouldn't have brought it up, but at the same time, it was interesting. That, that, again, that leads into my idea that there's so many stories you can tell now. There's a really cool art piece that I have to send to you guys of of Ray and Finn as Jedi. It's cool. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Fan art is rad. I mean, that's, again, like... When you talk about like fan art and stuff, this is sort of like the reality that we 
we don't really see at the moment where eventually this all just becomes the movie, right? And it just sort of exists as it is. But the things we take forward are, this is going to sound like incredibly cheesy, of course, but it's like the things you end up taking forward and remembering are, you know, the, the, the opening night, whatever excitement and the cheers and the, the hanging out with people. And then the things that inspire you to make that fan art and whatnot. Um, like ultimately that's what you carry forward. It doesn't, it doesn't matter in the end. Like the movie's just going to be the movie. And it's like, you ultimately just take the, the really like meaningful life experiences forward. That's true. Well said. Claire, have you got any like thoughts for what you like to see from the new trilogy? I don't know. I, I, I feel like a force user school has been done. It's failed. It's been done again. It's failed. I feel like Ray's going to find her own path. Um, do I know, do I have any like real idea what that path is? No. <laughs> um, it's not very helpful, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what's next for them, um, for anybody, really. And I don't know how you rebuild from here um, successfully. That's one thing I wish we had at the end of this movie was some level of closure that this time it's going to be okay. But if they want to make more movies, of course, this time it's not going to be okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I feel like this was ended the same way Return of the Jedi, you know, with our big celebration party, and then it's going to fall to pieces again. So I want to say that everyone's going to get there happily ever after, but they're going to make more movies, so probably not. <laughs> that sounds awful. That really does sound terrible. But um, yeah, I don't really know exactly where things gotta, are going to go. I got to say, like, the the collapse of the, you know, aggressively awful insanely strong first order like it's ultimate defeat through montage <laughs> kind of didn't scratch that itch for me yeah me too yeah but i, I, I also felt it's like i felt the same with episode six where i was like okay that's done and then all the stories we got afterwards are very interesting i feel like it'd be the same with the first order mm-hmm. where we get like a mandalorian type first order settlement i mean yeah maybe so also there's a lot of I think the uh, sorry, there's a lot of interesting yeah. political stories you could tell, like a la bloodline. Mm-hmm. A lot of these centrists were like either supported them, knowing they'd be the first order, or not knowing. I'm like, Uh-oh. I think even something Claire and I talked about briefly in a when we were speculating with the uh, Resistance Reborn stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, yeah, after all this point, like at what. At what point do you say the Republic doesn't get a second, third chance? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they've already fucked it up, you know, like twice. Um, <laughs> like, what is what is actual government at the end of all this? Like, who's who's around? <laughs> how do we how do we make this right? <laughs> yeah. Someone made a really good point. I think it was uh, Admiral Nick on Twitter who said that. Do you think Mon Mothma's demilitarization order? was responsible for all the ships at the end that were just in, like, public domain. Oh, yeah, possibly. Mm. So she might have inadvertently saved everyone. I mean, that's how the Resistance got half the shit it did, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I thought that was interesting. Um, as opposed to Republic, I feel like you... 
I would like to think that despite how like it may fall and falter that there's always a chance for democracy, especially in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we can only no. hope. That's way too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with the Jedi. Like, can only hope that there's some goodness left. But who knows? I mean, I would like to see more stories. But at the same time, I feel like Episode 9 does a re- I know that we, we mentioned about the fact that it has a title, Nine Films, but I feel like Episode 9 is a really good ending. And that's the base when they all come back together and the hug. And then mm-hmm. what happens afterwards isn't the ending to the film, but the ending to the saga. And it mm-hmm. acts like an epilogue. Except it doesn't, it, it doesn't right. tell you that it's an epilogue like Harry Potter does. It doesn't have to yeah. go ten years later, and it doesn't have to do the uh, like. But it also doesn't really tell you anything <laughs> in that epilogue, like the Harry Potter one does. But I disagree. Well, Harry, there's an argument that it tells you too much, right? Yeah, yeah. In Harry Potter, um, where it's almost like the credits, where it's like this guy went on to do this, <laughs> and where like freeze frames on their face, and it's like Ron Weasley <laughs> went to somehow become an Auror and then fucked off and became a secretary at his brother's joke shop <laughs> terrible terrible <laughs> outfit <laughs> the beer belly the laziest costume design ever yeah it's like they just went oh shit we forgot to bring up rupert <laughs> we forgot about ron <laughs> he, 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 stuff a pillow in his shirt <laughs> he ran in his normal clothes um, like what's up yeah um i think like again with this it's like i'm at the point where i don't I like I yeah like I don't need to see these people like I want I want them again but like I don't need to see this story go on like again to the point of like the stories you tell yourself are gonna be probably infinitely better than the ones they give you because they're like, the you, ones you want you t- <laughs> you, like if you if you tell yourself what they're gonna do then you'll only be disappointed when and if we're ever we ever revisit them. Yeah. Leading into this, so it's um, like, yeah. Uh, Mark on Twitter at imldiabilito. I can never say his at. at I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> but he, he you got it right. Okay, cool. He says the same sort of thing, but he asks, "What would you like to see to happen to the Skywalker sabers in the future?" And I, I, I personally feel like the ending was my favorite part of the film because, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people disagree with this, and. This is the part of the film where, you know, like, I'm respectful of opinions, but this is the bit which makes me truly angry <laughs> at people. Um, and that is the idea that Ray will live on Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that Why? at all. I didn't either. Why would you? I get she grew up in the desert. She likes the desert. Doesn't mean she That is it. true. But remember when that's she a, left the, the planet? Point. And she saw green, and she was like, "Oh my god, I've never seen as much green the whole." And I- rain. And rain. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be <laughs> off doing her own thing. She's not staying. And they're there. like, "But she is by herself." I'm like, "So, the Finn and Poe have to watch her do his shit as well." <laughs> or is she is she allowed to do that by herself? Does she need someone to be there with her? <laughs> That'd be ahead of ending. My before episode nine, my sort of like jokingly ideal ending for Ray was that like Lando takes her on like a sexually liberated tour of the galaxy. Oh, oh hello. And like Lando just wingmans her to do whatever she wants and whoever she wants. Girl. In the galaxy. That's 
That's I a think it was Frankie Boyle who put a review up, and he was joking about how they kind of introduced the idea of like force ghosts fucking. <laughs> He's like, can they just? Can Ben and Ray just fuck? Like, can they do anything now? Is this just like a weird cosmic mind fuck? Oh, you never know. No, I really Some, like ghost Ghostbuster shit going on. Hell yeah! I really, I really did love the ending. I thought it was really, really, really sweet with. Um, ending the whole saga back where we began on Tatooine um, in terms of both episode 4 but also episode 1 I think the idea that Rey picking up the name Skywalker next to the person who it originated from i.e. Shmi who is there Mm -hmm. was really sweet Um, just like yeah it was just something really like that's emotional about that scene is that and we've just seen that you know, the hut for the first time and seeing, but also seeing Ray like slide down and sort of go back to how she used to be like a bit of happiness there and comfortable in herself. The fact that she picks up the name of the, of the family that actually generally treated her with kindness and respect and love made me feel really emotional. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little, um, contrast between the scene of the old lady of Ray in episode 7 where she expects to see herself as that old lady one day and instead this old lady on Tatooine is looking at her as this strange like mysterious being and we all know that she's a hero now and I also yeah. like I just love the bearing of the sabers because to me the main part of the film the trilogy was the, the fact that Anakin's saber is like Excalibur Mm-hmm. And rather than just destroying it, like fucking, I will go back to it again. Harry Potter does. <laughs> Harry Potter definitely has when they destroy the Elder Wands, the dumbest thing. Well, that's the funny thing because he doesn't do that in the book. No, he doesn't because he's not fucking stupid. It's weird. Thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> it's like in the book, he's smart enough to fix his own wand. In this, he's like, right, I'm gonna break it. It's the most powerful wand ever, but you can break it by snapping it. And what does he do with the Elder Wand? He buries it. Yeah, back with Dumbledore, right? It's exactly. like, yeah, it kind of that's that's like the thematic. Anyway, this isn't a this isn't a, a discussion on Deathly Hallows. But even that but, is like a, is a even that is a nod to Apparently Excalibur. It like it's right. returning the sword back to where it came from, so it can right. call to someone else. And people are saying like, oh, how is someone going to find it? Or like anything, it will call to them the way it called to Rain. It didn't mm. call to Ray because she was a Palpatine. It called to her because she was the person it needed to call to. Right. Um. And it also, Leia's saber is fucking awesome. It's so cool. I don't know if you've seen it, but the the way it looks is it's a combination of Luke's saber from Episode Six in the 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 hilt. Um, no, not the hilt, the emitter. Sorry, but the hilt itself has the lines that seemingly appear in Ben's saber. Which then adds in the back canon of Ben must have built his saber to look like his mum's. Oh, mm-hmm. which is just beautiful. Um, Something I really like about uh, Leia's saber, especially, is in sort of the way uh, she finally defeats Palpatine. Like, I thought that was actually the that was the culmination of there is another. Oh um, yeah, because we've we've never gotten Leia as the sort of the force presence that, you know, she could have been or whatever. Um, and being able for Ray 
to get Luke's lightsaber and and Leia's lightsaber and use those to to def, to d- deflect Palpatine's evil back at him and kill him. Like that is the that is a perfect way to finally say to finally bring forth there is another and make Leia part of the or make the Skywalker twins like the at the center of defeating ultimate evil. My favorite part about that moment is when she was doing that. Kanan's ghost in the background says, two people, twins. (laughs) (laughs) I think it wasn't, wasn't it motherfucking twins? (laughs) (laughs) Can someone edit that in this special edition? Motherfucking twins. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I really, I really loved that ending scene. I thought it was it was the perfect way to end it. My my only thing is like, for me with Ray Palpatine in the picture, I would have really loved her to say just Ray. Okay. Um, yeah. But with Ray, nobody. I think Skywalker would have landed even stronger. So like again, for me, it sort of still feels like one of those like middle road options um, where they sort of kind of wanted both and put both in. Like I, but like I still like the moment. I still, I don't have. I know some people like take issue with it. I don't at all. Um, but I think for me, it would have, it would have resonated stronger if it was one of those two options as opposed to the, the reality of what it is. Yeah, that's fair. Like from my point of view, I did like the idea that the people that actually treated her with respect, she felt like she belonged to that family. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's very, very ironic that. The one family that Palpatine fucking hates. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, if I yeah. if I eat that grandson over the cliff, that's my revenge. And instead, mm-hmm. not only does he survive and save his granddaughter, but she ends up taking their name. <laughs> yeah, his his legacy is destroyed, and theirs continues. <laughs> that's where the curb your enthusiasm music starts playing. <laughs> Ray Skywalker. Burner, 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 burner. Palpatine lands in the world between worlds and Anakin reaches a hand out to him. And then throws him off again. (laughs) Another hole. I thought you were going to say that when you said you wanted her to have like Ray Nobody, for a moment I was scared that you were going to say that you wanted the ghosts to be Palpatine. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Ghost Palpatine is like Ray Palpatine, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh shit. What did you think about the Force Ghosts at the end? The oh the Luke and Leia. Um, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Anakin should have been there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Ben. I think Ben should have been there. Ben, honestly, Ben. Yeah, ben I think Ben should have been, been there. there. Yeah, yeah. He, he went so, to go. <laughs> I don't know. He maybe he's getting told. Stuff. He's maybe he's sitting in the naughty corner. Maybe this yeah. is his his penance. Um. No, and he should have been there though. It's it sucks because he did become a force ghost. I know people are debating it, but you don't just disappear. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, no, like it's not you, a trick yeah. you do. Right. He's That's a, a very specific. It's a very p- specific way to die in Star Wars. Yeah, he's just a very sad ghost. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can. He can. It's like you can see Ray when you've done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. Like, fine, mom. Mom, mom. Where are you going, was, mom? Good to see Ray. Um, it was funny because when I was watching it with my mom, who again will of course watch it like a mom, 
um, I was like, so what do you want to happen before we saw the movie? She's like, oh, I want, I want him to stop being bad and, and go back to his mom. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, and then so I was cute. like, I was like, okay. And then, um, then when, after the movie, when he disappeared and then, uh, Leia disappeared, this like during the credits, she was like, so did he go like be with his mom now? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then she's Aww. like, okay, okay. I'm happy. <laughs> That's so cute. That is cute. That's the perfect mom response. <laughs> yep. It was funny before I went to, before I sh- the film came out. They released that clip of of um the voices. You know when Snow uh, Palpatine's like, I've been every voice enjoyed your head. Um. Before I showed my mom that clip, I was like, "What do you think about Ben? Like Kylo Ren?" She's like, "Oh, I fucking hate mm-hmm. him. He's the worst. Why would mm-hmm. you do that?" And then as soon as I played that clip and it clicked, she went. Oh no! <laughs> I feel bad for him. <laughs> so it, was, it was it was a cool little like a yeah. Immediately she was like, "Nope, not this is bullshit." Fucking Palpatine. Um, we've got one more question, which is from Jen on Discord, who says, "In the sequel to this trilogy, how will Palpatine come back?" <laughs> <laughs> The dark side is a pathway to many abilities. <laughs> Some consider to be, to be uh, nonsensical. Nonsensical. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do, do you reckon at the end of the film, there's going to be like an, an, a fan edit where Ray is smiling? It's like, who are you? I'm Ray Skywalker. Da, 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 da. And then there's Finn going, Ray! And she turns around. Ray. And then Poe and Finn are there. And she goes, what's wrong? And Poe's like, somehow, the Yuvon Vong return. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my lord. And then it's like the end. It's like, Ray Skywalker will return. <laughs> In fraud. Oh my Thrawn. god. Thrawn Legacy. Yes, Thrawn Legacy. It's just Ray fighting uh, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> and he's throwing art at her. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. What if Ron You're worth up- nothing. <laughs> what if Ron picks up the remnants of the First Order? Oh my the lord. Who even he's knows. better than that. You Don't you put that evil on him. <laughs> Is he though? He got killed yes. by a fucking squid, Claire. He was not That's killed. He survived the squid. He's just off doing his own thing somewhere, thinking about his own chiss people. He got defeated by like a 16-year-old and a fucking squid. I don't want to talk to you. That is is a tough one. Talk to me when you (laughs) read the books. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) You're a useless scavenger. You have no worth compared to this art. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, meet my new friend, Ezra. Fuck. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh man. Oh dear. We, before we before we finish off, can we talk about the fact that um Mars robbed Dead Layer? <laughs> <laughs> Grave Robin. Picked she was it up. waiting there. She was waiting there. <laughs> like Chewie's so gonna fuck me after I give him the <laughs> My friend Chewie. You deserve this, and I deserve this. <laughs> it's just like a big bag of money, a portrait of Padme, <laughs> the keys yep. to the to the twenty four. Oh, oh my god. god! 
<laughs> Are they yours? <laughs> Bye. Also, that, that was a puppet. Yeah. The, no no uh, motion capture. No CG really? balance. Mm. Hmm. Although, to be fair, it was annoying that they also, like, the, my same issue with The Last Jedi, they got back, um, they got back Maz to do what? Nothing. Nothing. Classic. I'm almost like of the opinion that she should have only been in Force Awakens. Me too. Yeah. Because it's like it like it's both nice, but also especially with like Last Jedi, like her role in the story for Force Awakens like doesn't exist anymore. It's weird. So it's like, like you really don't need her. But they're like, oh, we should probably have her, so let's do something. It's um, really weird. It's yeah. just not, it's just that the the resist- resistance are relying on a weird old lady. Yeah, who owned a pub once? <laughs> right. Like, hey, I've been you... there for been there for a while. <laughs> well established. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to find a contact, but it gets destroyed in the one film. So, yep. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> at just three hours, thirty minutes. Also, like just that's looking all. at that, it it makes like amazes me how much we also still haven't talked about. I know. Well, we'll we'll have another episode nine discussion episode out um, for sure. hopefully soon. Maybe we'll focus a bit more on the Kylo role. Um But I feel like we could. Uh, that was a nice dive into. I was actually surprised about how we were sort of on the same page for most of it, apart from like some things. Our overall score was pretty much. Yeah, we're like landing in the same ballpark. Hmm. I think it's because we're all level-headed people. <laughs> it's all right. Speak for yourself, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm batshit crazy. <laughs> you know me at all. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, we'll be back soon. I don't know if we'll spend so much time throwing stuff at you because it's, it's three hours, 30 minutes. We'll just, just follow our stuff. Twitter. Internet pod, <laughs> Facebook, just search for the Imperial Internet Podcast. Patreon, give us your money. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're poor. <laughs> Tea Public, we'll have some shirts out soon. Um, space Luts. Space, space Luts. But also, like, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it was very therapeutic for us three to finally yes. be able to just go for it. So we hope we hope uh, we helped you deal with something if you had issues or if you or if you really enjoyed it and we laughed and celebrated something you really like we hope you did that too exactly because at the end of the day this is star wars we're all star wars fans and the world is dying <laughs> so <laughs> three baby <laughs> and on that note uh it's time to say goodbye thank you again may the force be with you always bye, guys. bye everyone <laughs>